real. Don't forget to say, yeah, 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 yeah. Say you will. Come on now. <laughs> I'm not ready to sing. <laughs> a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. I can do that part. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to Lights, hey, Camera, Cocktails. cocktails. Happy uh, quarantine. I hope you guys are staying safe out there. It is still wedding month, and I overdressed. God damn it. I I am on this, I don't care what I look like. Like, you guys are lucky I even beat this face, because I've been (laughs) running around in pajamas. Did you get a haircut? No, but I redid my hair. I was going to say, it's different from it was a few days ago. And by that, I mean two days ago. As in, happy belated birthday, Zenobia. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Kind of sucks having a quarantine birthday, but... uh, Your cake was good. Oh, the cake that Smashly made for me that you ate in front of me on Zoom yesterday. Yeah. Yes, yes, we did. It was was actually very good. It was actually delicious. I have a theory, though, about the birthday. Can we just, like, if this keeps going, can we just, like, say that no birthdays happened this year and everybody, like... Days a year younger, and it happens. I am the next so year. up for that. I don't want to. Oh, I already said it because I couldn't go party and drink. I didn't yeah. count it. Exactly. <laughs> so they should cha- change our driver's license and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Massive birthday party <laughs> after this is over for, for everybody who had a birthday in between quarantine. Hold in there, Aries. I know it's tough, Are, but we're gonna make it through this. You know how they did it in the depression was. Uh, because they didn't have money to like get their own birthday cake for everybody, the whole like neighborhood pitched in once a month, and any kid whose birthday it was during that month, they all sang happy birthday at the same time, and they had like oh, a cool. sheet cake that everybody got a little piece of. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. So, okay. Depression times, quarantine times. We're, you know, we're being we're being in pots and uh, pots and cans and screaming out here at eight o'clock every night uh, for all the medical workers. Really? Oh, cool. And they just did it. Do you want to yeah, introduce your guest, Jason? Yeah, actually, everybody. Nah, <laughs> you know we have no like structure on this, or at least I don't. You got a plan. I'm like that. I'm like that odd guy at the party. It's like you walk up to your friend and he's a standard just waiting, like. Waiting oh, that's you. usually me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not me. I'm like, hi, I'm Zenobia. No, Where's yeah. the bar? So everybody, this is uh our uh friend Robin. He uh, is a fantastic uh, director, filmmaker. Uh, I want to say musician, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I sing in a rock band. Yeah, I was like, I'm currently I've... not doing anything. Yeah. What's your band called? Uh, it's called Rival Tides. I should have a CD or anything. That's what it was. Actually, I still. Where's my phone? I have it on my phone. Okay. Yeah, it, well, it, it's well, not well, near well, me. Kind of a big deal. we're kind of a medium to small deal uh i'm gonna tell you a story that uh would surprise you actually and it is the story of how i met robin (laughs) so check this out so you know how uh me and ashley went to go to uh the desert trip a few years ago yeah we met robin and jen in line waiting to get some beers the first night of the concert so Bob Dylan was playing, and he had all the lights turned off. It was basically everybody listening to Bob Dylan speakers because I was we were not happy about Bob Dylan. 
Like, he was being very antisocial. But we're standing in line <laughs> with Robin and Jen, and we're sparking up a conversation. We find out that we live, like, 10 minutes from each other. Uh, and sadly, Robin threw that same stepbrother's quote at me, and I completely missed it that night. He's like, did we just become best friends? I was like, what the hell yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, he doesn't watch. He hasn't watched Step Brothers. So I have seen Step Brothers, but it hadn't been a long time. But uh, it'll surprise you to know that I haven't seen him since that day. It's been okay. a good three or four years. Like we've been meaning to hang out. We've been meaning to get together and this, that, and the well, other. Like, it just this, doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So count. Yeah, but we've stayed connected, and uh, I was supposed to see you last month when you had your premiere for your movie. Yeah. And coronavirus just completely wiped you out, dude. And I feel like, so I've seen your trailer. I'm going to send it to you, Zenobia. Okay. But he just finished his first feature and Uh it's a hell, what am I, what are we doing here? (laughs) Okay. I'm getting, I'm getting the coronavirus, dude. I can't put it over my thing. <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> so Robin has finished his first feature film, his di- directorial debut for a full-length feature, and it's called Party With Me or Party With Us? Part, party With Me. Party With Me. Party I, I love partying. You will love this. I got to send you the trailer because it's, it. it's a dramedy. It is a great story. It's got great characters. It's got great acting. It's got that 80s music feel that I absolutely love. Love it. Uh, And he was supposed to have his premiere. And this is right before coronavirus, our uh, stay-at-home order set in. Yeah, March March 21st was supposed to be the premiere. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry. So what's going on with the movie now? Like, are you going to reschedule the premiere? Well, um, it's it still was accomplished. It was accomplished. <laughs> it still it still exists. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It, they 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 postponed it to um, May thirtieth, but I don't think uh, that I don't think that's gonna happen. Even if it, even if things kind of like changed, um, I don't think people will be. I don't feel comfortable being like everybody pack a theater to see my movie. So. I have a feeling, we'll be there. dude. I'll be there. Yeah, we'll be well, there. I mean, I hope so, but I, I at this point, I think it's going to get postponed again. I'm thinking. Kind I of think like it's going to get postponed again because I just. It's going to be the, the date that they. I'm hoping that they reschedule it. I don't know, but I will say this: I made this film on with my own money. Mm-hmm. I wrote it myself, casted my friends, made the movie on my own. It was not. It's not my Citizen Kane. I just wanted to prove to myself that I could make a film and that I could have friends that were down and they were down and we made a movie. And so I'm proud. I'm proud of everyone that was involved with this film, everybody that put their time into it. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if I could just show it to people, I will be happy. The whole goal with this film was not to get it sold. If it gets distributed, cool. I can make it extra. I can make my money back. That'd be amazing. If I can make my money back, I made more money because I already like let that money go. Sure. But my goal is like somebody gives me a shot as a director. Somebody gives me a shot as a writer. Someone sees it. Somebody gives my cast a shot as a, as actors because mm-hmm. they're fucking so good. They're yeah. so good in this film. And then and I sent uh, this people that I've sent it to, they that's the thing that they've given back to me. And so it's like, of course, they, you know, I send the film, they go, oh man, good job. 
But the one thing they say is the acting, the actors, phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And that's when I know I did my job as a director. I did my job. I cast them in the right, the right role. I let them like, I let them do their thing and they brought what they brought to it. And I, I hope the one thing that comes out of this is that the leads like Allison and Michael and all like they get everything they deserve because they're fucking so talented, man. Talented people. I think they, they will. I think, uh, you're going to be uh, pleasantly surprised with what happens to this movie. Uh, and I've only seen the trailer, but I'm a very good judge from a trailer, whether a story has legs, whether the acting is going to be up to par. And yes, that lead actress, she's very good. She, uh, my, I feel for her immediately. And I also yeah, want to hang out with her. You yeah, know, she has so, many facets to her character. Same so thing fun. for that, uh, the, the blonde guy with the, the beard, the bigger guy. Like I Michael, fell in yeah. love with him immediately. It was like, oh, this guy is fucking awesome. I, I you know, it's funny. I, when I made the film, I thought it was one thing, and then I had all these other things to it. And I was trying to think like what encapsulates the film. Mm -hmm. And I said this line, and, and people immediately are like, I want to see that movie. And it's it's a coming of age story for thirty somethings. Nice. I like it. That's actually That's really it. good. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you're in your thirties. It happens to be the, the main character, her father passes away and sort it deals with grief. But I mean, I mean, I'm in I'm about to turn 40. Like in my 20s, I dealt with grief. Like that's why I wrote this film. It's like you, in your 30s, you've dealt with grief at some point, whether your friend or with your mom or your father or your grandfather. Like everyone grieves in a certain way and they can they distract themselves or whatever it is, but it's just a, it's kind of a glimpse inside of someone's grieving process mm -hmm. for a couple of days it's not the most grand breaking film in the world but it's just it's a glimpse of like what we all go through like the opening of the film it just says you know grief uh i think i think the line i put was uh grief sucks and then the the description is like uh because this was to be like a philosophy grief sucks in quotations and it says everyone ever <laughs> <laughs> Cause it sucks. It does. It does. It's, yeah. it's so, the worst. And it's, and it's just a little glimpse on someone's life dealing with grief with their father dying of cancer and their relationship with their father and dealing with people in LA and trying to live their own life. And it's just, you know, it's not, there's no perfect ending. It's just a glimpse. That's all. Okay. So tell me, tell everybody what the name is one more time and where we can find it. Yeah. Do you have like distribution of it yet? Like, no, I don't. I mean, it, it was supposed to premiere at that festival on March twenty uh, first. So we got to wait until after the premiere, and then you'll release it. I'll send you guys. I'll, I'll send you the link. I don't give a fuck. No, no, no. I'm gonna wait for yeah, the yeah, premiere. Yeah, I want to see it. But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait for the you premiere. You don't need to see. The, you don't need to see it in the theater. I mean, I'm hoping that. Listen, if I sent you the link, I just want you to watch to see if you like it. I would okay. hope that you still fucking showed up to the movie. Yeah, it was for sure. Like, okay. That, that's, so we, let's we do talking, this. Yeah, send me the link. We were talking about this earlier. That's the worst part is like when you send somebody a movie, you're like, here's my movie. And they go, I don't need to show up to your big day. It's like, no, no I'll send that. you the movie. Just show it to my big day as well. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. We'll show up to the big day. But send me the movie because I want to see it. Yeah. All right. I'll send so it to you. That's even better because I want to see uh, your writing and your filmmaking chops. Yeah. I want to see what you do as a director personally. Um, yeah. But, but I want to see your movie, man. I want to see. I'm like excited about I'm, I actually... Let me tell you something. I'm very fucking excited about what you're doing. We got to hang I'm out. As soon as this corona thing is over, attention. we got to hang out. 
Okay, so, so I think that is super cool, and I would like to know more about you, but there's something sitting next to me that I'm tired of ignoring. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get that going so that we can talk more about Robin. Okay, so Robin, hold on and uh. get ready because we are about to drink a strawberry daiquiri. Yeah, daiquiris. Uh -huh. Let's take a daiquiri timeout. Daiquiris. Daiquiris. I've been waiting for this drink. So do I just have my do I have my wackery or yes? Oh, so Robin has a wackery because he's on that keto diet. He's being responsible. It's a, it's a keto daiquiri. It's a wackery. <laughs> it's a wackery. So he's making his own uh, cocktail. So, but me and Jason, we so, drink a strawberry daiquiris. I googled mine. I hope it's the same as yours. What did you do with yours? Okay, so you're gonna need four four <laughs> cups of strawberries. I put them in there. They're frozen. Mm -hmm. Throw them in there. You're gonna throw some Check lemon one. juice and some lime juice and some simple syrup. You went simple syrup? Okay. Yeah, I didn't really feel like you can put the regular just white sugar in there if you'd like, mm -hmm. but I went with my sugar syrup kind of way. Um, and then you're going to put some ice in there and some rum. You're gonna blend it up in a blender, and then it's gonna be delicious. You're gonna to top it with a lime. Such. Oh, I did the exact same thing. Perfect. All right. So I, I kind of followed what your recipe was, minus the simple syrup. And uh, I didn't have... Oh, and also I added uh, White Claw because <laughs> the recipe I Googled said to add like some tonic water or seltzer water or something like that. I was like, shit, I want to go out just for that. And I looked at yeah. the back. I was like, oh, somebody left White Claw back here and it's lime flavored. Perfect. It wasn't me. I did not White Claw. <laughs> I know. It's been sitting. It's back here with the Blue Moons. But uh, yeah, it, actually, blue it turned out pretty good. So White Claw makes a nice mixer. All right. Well, let's do it. I was going to say you're blown out. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dude, did you just draw that right now? Yeah, I'm trying to attack you guys. It's a, it's Holy a, shit, that was fast. <laughs> Let me see it again. Check out this. You should be doing my storyboards. That was fast. That's, a, that's, a, that's an umbrella. That's an umbrella. Nice. I like I it. Been, I should have been just Samuel Finner, though, but... Mm. All right, well, uh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's good. Cheers, babe. Cheers. Cheers. That's actually really good. And I got a backup one in the freezer. I'm going to go through both of them tonight. I know it. So, everybody, we oh, are still whole... in wedding month, which is why uh, I'm dressed up like this. But before we dive into our movie, uh, as well as some uh, herstory on Robin, we got to do uh, Zenobia's herstory. Are you guys ready for a little bit of herstory? Yeah, I'm going to sit here and eat your <laughs> birthday cake while you tell me. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm gonna get a whole combination. You gotta get the frostings in the middle and on the other end. <sighs> Smashley said she was gonna make me one when she saw me, so that's fine. I can wait. Okay. But I guys? did. Right, you will have to wait for your limoncello that I'm making then. Oh my <laughs> god. So. What are we learning about? We're learning about daiquiris, of <laughs> course. <laughs> okay. We. I feel like we've learned all we can learn about rum. <laughs> I'm really running off the rum, so. I had so to put Malibu in mind because we use rum so often on the podcast that all there was left was Malibu. Oh, I bet it does taste good, though. It's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, did you learn all the history of the different rums and all that? Mm -hmm. You guys already, uh, it's cool, huh? Yeah. I do history on the different rums, uh, the beginning of rum, the yeah. relationship with rum and sailors. Yes. Uh, the, his, the health history of rum, all the healthy things from it. You know, we talk about the African slaves who made it, Jamaican slaves created the wonderful gift that we have as rum so yeah i'm running out of we just did rum and coke we found out that it's called a cuba libre because rum is yeah. <laughs> number one have you guys so, had cachaca yet the what? what have you had cachaca yet no 
No. Yeah, it's a it's a sugarcane rum, cachaca. Ooh, yeah. I heard of it, but I haven't had it before. Okay. It's bomb. Okay, I'm a rum person. Is that so a Caribbean a, style rum? It's a it's a, a sugarcane sugar rum. It's uh like usually it's what's oh, the drink that they make in uh I think it's South America. It's a uh, caipirinha. Okay. It's kind of like a mojito. It's like their rum uh, version of mojito, but with like a cachaca. But it's delicious. The only brand I know in the United States is, Le, I think it's called LeBlanc. If you get at the store, it's a long, green, thin uh, bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Down. I have seen it's that. Really I will. Because we have had mojitos as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Done them all. All That's right. So fine. today we're talking about daiquiri. So daiquiri is not only a name of this tasty drink that we're drinking today, but it's also name of a beach and an iron mill in Cuba. Really, and those people out there made it into you know. Everybody was still doing you know rum. Rum is huge in Cuba; it's their national uh, spirit, mm-hmm. and they were having a lot of limes and lemons around, and straw and strawberries and fruits, and they would make you know daiquiris with uh, using sugar, and you know crushed ice. So this was the beginning of that, and. In 1902, daiquiris moved on its way over to America due to some white guy who claims to invented it. I don't didn't write down his name because he's not the inventor. Some Cuban is. I know it. All so, right. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1902, he brought it to New York City, and it kind of like blew up a little bit from there. But it was served in a tall glass, like a Collins glass type, um, oh. with with uh, crushed ice and some uh, sugar and you would have to like mix it in the glass and do this whole like thing and that was like the original way with the lemon juice and the lime juice in there does that mean that i got it wrong because i did i thought this was a daiquiri glass hold on wait a minute (laughs) we're getting there finish (laughs) so that was one of the original uh recipes to it so by the 40s the navy guys blew it up and took it all over the country Nice. Uh, all over the world and so they would do it um mainly because we've actually talked about this in our girls trip episode where we did the hurricane uh oh, yeah. because rum was so available to everybody at all times that if you went to go buy you know a barrel of whiskey you would have to go buy two barrels of rum because they had too much rum so this was another way of people to use that rum because it was so cheap, I guess, mm. um, to get rid of it, especially on hot days. And, you know, sailors and Navy men and their rum. Fuck yeah. They don't play. Their daily <laughs> so allowance of rum. Their daily allowance of rum. <laughs> Dude, they, they used to get paid in rum. That was part of their uh, daily wages. They would get like a pint of rum or something like that, like a day. Shit. That's a lot. It's something uh-huh. like that because they'd have to mix it with some stuff. And that went all the way up until the 70s. So, at least in Britain. Mm. So, they don't play about their rum. I got so, you. So, uh, by the 50s, blenders started to become readily available to bars and homes. And so, that's where we get more of our version of the daiquiri from because we used a blender. Um, and so, this became big especially because of the 1950 boom of tiki bars that kind of took over america at that time and the daiquiri blew up even more there so this is a long history 
of a drink that I'm sure a lot of our listeners has had before, the daiquiri. I love it. And anything with some fruit and an umbrella, that's my kind of drink. I know. So that's a little bit of history on daiquiris. Yeah, get it, Robin, get it. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, everybody. So we're still in wedding month. And uh, was this my pick or yours? Yours. This one's mine. We are doing wedding crashers today, people. And uh, also, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, Robin, is because you are a newlywed, technically. I guess I am. I, I thought I thought that you were about to say that technically the reason we brought you on, Robin, is because I heard that you crash weddings and try to sleep with bridesmaids. Uh, no, I did not do that. <laughs> no. Uh, yes, I was. I was married. Yes, uh, October twentieth, two thousand eighteen. Nice man. Yeah. I- How's a uh, newlywed life? And any it's pointers interesting. for me? <laughs> it's interesting. Man. I, that's the best way I could put it. It's uh, it's got to, it got its highs and it has its lows, but uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of it's weird. It's like almost like moving into a new apartment. It's like it's exciting, but at the same time, you kind of need to make it a home. So it's a little bit of a learning curve. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, things we've been learning about ourselves and stuff. So it's been interesting, but um, I'm very excited. Very excited about the, how the future, what the future holds. So that's good. good. Yeah, and that's the best met- way to it. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Okay, it's not all <laughs> flowers and butterflies. Is there? Uh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> things, are, is there things that actually do change after you get married? Because you and Jen have been uh, together for a number of years before you got married, right? Yeah, seven. Yeah, seven years. Um, seven all, years. All, all together. Yeah, seven years. Hey, um, you guys were already married. Pretty much, pretty much. I mean, we wanted to actually just elope. That's a, our original idea. But then once you get like the parents involved, they're yeah. like, "You want to have a big wedding and case. but you don't tell them shotgun wedding." Go. Hey, well, I, we try. We try to ask. We're like, "Is there any way that we could just like the money that you wanted to spend on the wedding, we could just like get a house with it? Like uh-huh. that will our future." And uh, they didn't want that. So, but it was a absolutely amazing wedding. Honestly, like I was watching. Uh, I saw the pictures. They were absolutely gorgeous, dude. I couldn't have asked for a better wedding. It was amazing. It was in the in the mountains. All of our great friends. It wasn't too big. It was like perfect amount, perfect size. Food was good. Music was good. Everybody's dancing, having a good time. Everybody left home with like a bottle. We had too much alcohol, so everybody got leave with a whole bottle of whiskey or, nice. or vodka or whatever. That's a wedding I try to go to. Right? I walked away with a bottle. I've never been to a wedding where I walked away with a full bottle. They they just handed me. There you go. Take it home. So it was pretty cool. I, I did have, that once. But it was champagne. But I was part of the bridal yeah. party, so didn't count as much. Yeah, was but I did not. walk away with a uh, a bottle of Cavassier once. That okay, nice. so before we start mm. with the stats, mm. I just want to ask you guys a question. Mm. Have you ever crushed a wedding before? No. <laughs> Robin? I have. <laughs> I have too. But it wasn't. Twice. They're never planned. Unless you're these happy dudes. I want to hear your story. Okay. Uh, One time, it was at mine and Jason's brother and sister's wedding. And there was a wedding that was across from where we were. And it it was just a wedding. Um, Our brother and sister wedding Mm -hmm. had a cash bar. So once I spent all the money that I was going to spend on alcohol, 
we realized that the other bar at the other wedding was an open bar. So we were just like, well, let's just like go over there and like get a drink. And so we hijacked one of my brother's friends who was a white gentleman. We took him with us to go into the wedding because it was a white wedding. So we thought like, hey, we have this <laughs> guy, maybe it won't look as bad or they'll just kick us out. And he could just get us the drinks. Either way. So what we is, get there. Is this Kentucky or something? I don't oh, know. This was in Riverside. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, I heard about this shit. I didn't go, but I heard you and a few other people went. So who was with you in this trip? Uh, from what I can remember is me and my cousin Sandy, uh, one of Rashad's friends, a couple of Rashad's friends. We kind of like just went over there like stealth. I think Monique might have been there. I can't remember. Uh, but we got the drinks and then we just saw them on the dance floor just like partying. And so we were like, <laughs> well, let's just like – Let's just like go out there. And so we go out there and we start dancing. We're dancing with the bride and groom. And the, they're so drunk, but they're like super happy to just see like cool black people on the dance floor with them. So they're just like, oh, oh, yeah. And like we danced and sweated out with, you know, the bride and groom. Uh, I also did that one time in San Francisco. We were walking past, me and my friend were walking past the church. I was having a wedding and they had a tent in the back. And so we kind of walked to the back and we were dressed like, you know, nice-ish that we did kind of walk up to the bar and get some drinks. We hung out for a little bit. We didn't dance with the bride and groom on that one. But the first one, I was out there doing the electric slide like I was part of the family. I nice. love it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Robin? It's actually very similar to your first story. Like I, we were in, I was in Vegas with like a couple of friends and we were just walking, you know, like those were the conference rooms and all the stuff that they have, like the big meetings and, and obviously the weddings and everything. Or, uh, yeah. uh, we were, we somehow got in there and we just randomly walked into this room. We heard the music and the DJ was going and nobody was paying attention. And we were like, we need some free drinks. So we go in and we just, <laughs> and we start cut. It was like a lot of like older people that were down on the dance floor and we didn't care. We we're like, we we're drunk. So we're just like, we're just going to dance. I'm like dancing with like grandmas <laughs> and just like, what's up? Man? Like, just dancing. And then next thing you know, it's like, we're the head of the party. Everybody's like stoked for there. They don't care that we're not in the wedding. They're like taking shots with them. And I think one of my friends even like met a girl there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a drunken Vegas night, but we ended up stumbling on a, See, on a wedding. Everybody's just so happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just so happy they didn't care. So technically that works that you can draw attention to yourself but on your own terms. Rule number six, do not sit in the corner and sulk. It draws attention to you in a negative way. Draw attention to yourself, but on your own terms. Yeah, yeah you gotta totally. be, a fu- you don't mm-hmm. wanna be the person who's there and then you're like fighting with a groomsman. That's not the right attention you want. You want the little, you know, dancing with the flower girl so the girls look at you and you look unthreatening, yeah. you know? And you wedding- wanna do Nola style. Yeah. Nola style. I remember what rule that was that they mentioned. It's like, do not draw attention to yourself in a negative, uh, in a negative way. Way because when you do, like he does at the end, where he's just like all fucked up. He's like, oh yeah, kissing the, the bride, kissing the bride. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you're bringing bad attention. Where I'm gonna whoop your ass. And I'm not know? talking shit on love because I don't think friendship lasts either. That scene, that's, that scene where he where he does that. The actor that's the groom, I know that guy. I was in a film with him. Like when, oh, I, I, when I was yeah. acting, I, I, I was in a, a movie with that guy. That was like his big claim to fame was that one scene of the wedding crash. Nice. <laughs> like he brought up that one scene. Wait, so you were acting before you uh, stepped into uh, directing? Yeah, I mean, that's what I kind of originally came out here to do. I okay. still love acting. I still do it, but I kind of just 
gave up on the the cattle call sitting you know you're doing it you're, you're i can't it do it man yeah it just i like, dropped my representation this last winter and i just other than if somebody calls me and asks me to do a self-tape i just don't do it anymore yeah i can't just keep chasing after all this bs it sucks the fun out of it honestly like i love acting for the fun of it and the art of it yeah but like sitting in a room with like 20 other blonde dudes and i'm reading a script that's terrible and i'm like why am I, I, I want to write the script. Yeah. And it's yeah. never something that you're actually, uh, you feel passionate, passionate about. about. It's very yeah. bland. It, you don't get the full story. You have like, it's an under five. So you say some lines and you may say I'm right. You may not say I'm right because you don't know what happened before and you don't know what's happening afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Such a pain in the ass. And well, that's why you, we write. And that's why we do this podcast. We get drunk, speak our mind. And talk about something that we love, mm -hmm. film. Exactly. And, and I get to perform a scene every week. Every week we get to be on. <laughs> so you ready for me to hit you with the stats? Yes, hit me with them stats. Hold right, on. Stats. All right, I'm ready. I got to get some frosting, you know, in the front and on the other end. That's it. You're still eating the, the cake? I'm about to turn your camera off so I don't have to look at you no more. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. Okay, so here's the stat. Vince Vaughn eats cake through this entire movie. I'm eating cake. He eats. He eats a lot of things through this entire fucking movie. I'm just saying that you're like a squirrel, man. You're just like, you think something's gone, and then you're just like, you take it out, and you're just like eating this like mushroom <laughs> yesterday. Like, I know exactly where the frames are. Yeah, See, we got a 50 like, on this side. We got an 85 on you guys. So everything that's happening below the laptop is fair game. Nobody <laughs> knows what's happening. You got like, you got like oven mitts. You're going to pull out like a whole lasagna. <laughs> and just <laughs> Okay. You're filming on let me hit you guys with the stats for this movie. Give me them stats. Wedding Crashers came out July 15, 2005. So I do remember going to the movies to go see this. I don't know about you guys. I did. But I did go see this. Um, and the budget for this movie was $40 million. So if you translate that into 2020 money, that's roughly $54 million to mm. make this movie. Okay. That's a uh, decent budget. Yeah, especially for, I guess, the bigger name dudes. I don't know if Vince Vaughn and um, Owen Wilson were as big as they are now. They weren't as big, but Vince Vaughn was just coming off of Dodgeball. Um, That's true. And Owen that Wilson had just done Shanghai Noon that was with me. this director. That was and so that was his in with this movie, I'm sure. So they paid them pretty good, probably like ten mil a piece, I would think. Uh, I would guesstimate closer to five, especially because they got you know Christopher Walken in here. Oh, true. They got to give him a chunk. Ow! <laughs> Wait, do you do a good impression? Because I can't. I want to so bad. Good, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Of Christopher Walken that I could like say not just from, not just from this movie but just from yeah oh, I can't wait I can't wait to talk about Mr. Walken like, like uh, what was that movie he was in oh Joe Dirt it's like yes. one of my favorite one of my favorite lines from Walken is from Joe Dirt he just goes oh no I saw the wrong tongue next time I'm stabbing you in the face with a soldering iron <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you something is your mother so <laughs> boom get her to sew that I I know. I always think of him in Catch Me If You Can, where he's talking about the mouse. Two mice yes. fall into a, a bottle of milk. 
Dude, the world he's, of the Strouds. He's got so the many. That one's or so is... good. Like, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, his, his, the end is like, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I am that second mouse. <laughs> Stop it. I love right. you right All now. All right, we're going to get to him. We're going to get to him. But I'm sure that he took a healthy portion of this budget. Oh, that's true. Now, <laughs> yeah. So, you think that he would have got, like, if you say that, he, like, let's say that Vince Vaughn and, and they made $10 million each. Mm-hmm. You think even with his smaller role, because he's how big he is, got the same? Yeah, I don't yeah. think that uh, Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson made more than Christopher Walken, at least not knowingly. But then again, I don't know, because Walken likes projects. You know, yeah. he'll he do an indie if it's a good project. Like One of my favorite performances of his roles. is mm-hmm. uh, a movie, little-known movie called Pool Hall Junkies. Oh, and yeah, that's a great movie. I absolutely love that movie, and I love his performance in that movie. But that movie was like crazy low budget. So it, it all depends on the project. Maybe he's like, you know what? Yeah, but, you know, if, if Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are getting this much, I'm getting that much. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know. I wonder if it's like a, just an underlying, like, it's a known thing in Hollywood. It's like, hey, this is, a, this is like not an A-lister. This is like a historically A-lister. He can't make less than even the star of the movie. Sure. Like if yeah. Denzel came on and did a starring role, just in a one scene, probably got the same amount as like the lead, mm-hmm. I would think. I feel sure. that. Unless because it's a favor. A- Sometimes stars will do favors for people that they know. Okay. Let's finish these stats. All right. So- finish these stats. Made worldwide, this movie, $288 million. So if you translate that into uh, 2020 money, that's roughly $388 million. Fuck. Moolah, you ain't got enough dollars for a Dude. (laughs) Times how many? That's Jay-Z's house. Times $287 million so much so um that is that on that so it made a lot of fucking money uh rotten tomatoes you ready for rotten tomatoes jason (laughs) you know what i'm not scared of rotten tomatoes on this particular movie so yeah let's go i just want to be real this month our movies have been kicking it in rotten tomatoes this is like a rare, rare thing for us uh so wedding crashers the critics, they gave it 75%, which is really good for critics. Decent for critics. Dude, we've done movies. We've done movies where the critics gave it 14%, 24%. And we're talking about good movies. Baloney. Yeah. Baloney. They're just hateful. Yeah. This, is why, this is why we don't we only share the Rotten Tomatoes. We don't believe in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys you guys do the uh the middle rule, right? What's the middle rule? You take the uh, the Rotten Tomato score and the audience done? score, and it's somewhere between. Ah, That's how I rate it. Okay. Okay. Because the, the audience score, they're a lot smarter than people think, but they also like really bad movies. So you kind of have to imagine that it's higher than it probably should be. And then with the Rotten Tomato score, it's probably lower than it should be if it's the type of genre of film you like. Like horrors and comedies, they're always kind of mean to those genres, you know? Yeah, but yeah, they definitely drama, are. I would for a drama, like a good drama, I'd probably take the Rotten Tomato score more. Um, okay, seriously. well, let me give you what the audience said. Okay? What did the audience say? So the audience gave it seventy percent. What the so fuck? They're lower than 
They're lower than the credits. You got to be shitting me. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I saw this movie in the theaters. I had no idea who Will Ferrell was. This was my introduction to Will Ferrell. I was in the what? theater. Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen Saturday Night Live during that time. I don't even what? think I had a TV at that time. The cheerleaders? Oh, I didn't see, okay, okay. I had no idea what Cowbell meant. Nothing back then. And so I'm in the theater and everything is quiet and all of a sudden Will Ferrell comes out from the shadows and the entire theater just erupts in applause and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? What the fuck do you want? <laughs> Very quickly I learned. You don't know who you're expecting. But like you said, you didn't know who he was. So I had no idea. Like... I saw him come out of the shadow, which was really cool how they actually did it. that. Because mm-hmm. um, that was a hard shadow. Yeah, he's got the nunchucks and the robe and everything. The robe. <laughs> Pick up your fucking oh. skateboard. I don't know what she's doing. I never know what she's doing back there. I don't know what she's doing back there. Me love. But like out of nowhere, the entire theater erupts in applause. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You're like, That's who's fun. here? I, I, well, I knew it was for him, but like I never saw him before. Was it after Anchorman or before? Uh, I think Anchorman was, was before this. Before this, but I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Because I, I remember that's why. Because Anchorman was such a huge like comedic hit. I remember I saw that in the theater, and I thought it was. Gonna, I did too. Uh, I, I love Will Ferrell. But I was like, it's probably not gonna be that good. And I left the theater going, that was hilarious. Like I remember all the jokes. It became like a cult hit. I had to tell all my friends, you need to watch this movie. They're like, no, yeah. this. And it became yeah. such a big hit. I think that yeah, it's like. Hit. Off of that. Every group of friends had like this um, understanding. As soon as you start quoting Anchorman, everybody got it. Yeah, I can't wait till we do it because we're gonna drink scotch, scotchy scotch, <laughs> scotch down in my belly, that like a scotch and milk. I'll make us some ribs that night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> old school, you guys. Did you guys watch old school yet? That was our <laughs> third movie. Nice. We, that was good. That was a lot of fun. Bong. Ashley did, did a beer bong, bong for the first time on that episode. We drank PBR and we learned about PBR. It was a we good. Did. It was a good. Do you know? Do you know uh, Todd Phillips? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is is a cameo in like I think pretty much all of his movies. All of them. Yep. Yeah. We talked about guy, that. He's the guy that shows up for the gang thing. Yeah, he's the gangbang guy. He's the guy that smells Amy Smart's feet in uh, Road Trip. Yeah. He's the guy he's going the up the elevator. Yeah. I don't think he was. That's, that's how much of like a directing nerd I was though, because I was like following all these directors, and I'd be like in the theater, and I'd be like, "That's Todd Phillips." And they're like, "I don't care." And I'm like, "But I care." But I, see, you're meant to be Robin, on this show. Robin, I would care. <laughs> I, I would care. I would care. Are you guys the first? Like, as soon as you watch a movie or you see a new actor or anything, I immediately go to IMDb. If he's good. Know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or the, yes. or the director, or the writer, or mm-hmm. somebody. Yeah, yeah. You- only if I'm ho- if I'm watching it at home, I will like stop a movie to like look up. Yeah, yeah, something. I would do that. Like I immediately did that kind of stuff for like Damien Chazelle as soon as I saw Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash um, was great. That's a I great would do film. that if I see somebody that uh, is in my casting because I'm like, all right, who's this fucker I have to compete with later? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, or if it's somebody that I can that- see myself working opposite of, I want to see their their track record. And how is that much intimidating to you, or do you, or do you do you feed off the do you feed off that energy, and you're like, I can't wait to beat this one. Oh no, I absolutely, yeah. That you're like you're like like it's a game. I know you're it's like just a, a matter of like time. In my mind, it's just a matter of time. Oh hello. Because I have so much fun speaking about film trivia and knowledge and theories that we do on this show every week. 
that to do it with somebody that you admire or somebody that is uh, doing doing it like big time to be able to have these conversations with them would be mind blowing and fun. Like if I could sit down with Christopher Watkins and ask him, I would ask him a lot of things, but <laughs> a lot of things that does not have to do with movies, but yes, they like, would stuff that doesn't, huh? Can I be completely honest with you? What? I, I, I think you will. I think you're, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm a director. I cast, I meet tons of people. You have a great personality. You're very Thank talented. You. I could totally see you doing that. Thank you. I'm, see, being, would, I'm being absolutely honest. I would love to take over in the actor studio, man. Yeah, whatever. No one needs to interview these people. Why? And Why you gotta... Wait, Will Ferrell. Now I'm sad. Why? You just did a full circle. James just passed away. I know. But you I just know. did a full circle, guys. You realize you just did a full... You did Will Ferrell, who played Lipton on Saturday Night Live. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> With his giant he does a stack job. of cars. Yeah. He does no, a good, great job. I love, I love, because he, he'd always, he'd always, uh, he'd always start off like how it's the greatest film of all time, and you're waiting for what it was, and it's like the worst movie. It's just like <laughs> Joe Pesci in the greatest role ever. The movie Gone Fishing. <laughs> I love Gone Fishing. Borderline Living. That's one of my favorites. Perhaps I would still, greatest, I'd be happy. Perhaps the greatest role ever created in the history of mankind. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows that movie. It's so discreet. Like, nobody knows that. But, uh, yeah, it's a good one. I have Look not seen that Gold one. Fish. That's how good Will Ferrell was, because I never actually watched it in the actor studios yet when he did that role. And I was like, who is he playing? It's so f- I was cracking up. you never I'm seen like, the episode where he has James Lipton opposite of him? No. Yeah, yeah, I've seen oh, that one. The first Dude. time I saw him do Lipton, I was like, who's Lipton? I looked it up, and then I started getting addicted to all the in the actor studios. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have them saved on my hard drive. They're so good. All of them? Not all of them, but as many as I could get. Oh, wow. Of people you care about, at least. Right? Yeah. Some people I don't care. Like, there's hundreds care. of episodes, yeah. but, like... The Tom Hanks one's really good. Tom Hanks one is really good. One. Tom Hanks is... Tom Hanks. He's just good. And everything he does... How's he doing, by the way? At, I haven't heard any news. I'm I assuming he's, he's, he's doing good. He ain't... He got the coronavirus, and now he's just doing good. Because he's Tom Hanks, and he can't do wrong. Yeah. Even he's not when allowed he to die. Yeah, he is. He's drinking Modelo's now. He's good. <laughs> He's too important to die. Glue, glue I would die. If he died, I would be like, I'm sorry. I can't do the show anymore. No. I just can't. <laughs> Knock on wood. Tom Knock on wood. not die ever. Never. Never, ever. Okay. He's going to grow well, up and he's going to be doing uh, old man roles like Paul Newman did. I'm yeah. down. Paul Newman was fine until he died. He was still looking good, old ass. He was. And he made amazing dressing. Yeah. <laughs> his lemonade is on point. That new good zone. dog food. Absolutely. Yep, he's got good dog food. You know, he's he good. makes dog food too. Yeah. Wow. And I think I think like half. I think at least like half of all his proceeds like go to like charities. All stuff. goes to his That's charities. Fine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he actually was a good dude. I think mm-hmm. from what I what I read. Robin, where'd you grow up? Uh, it's a little town called Lompoc. If you ever heard of it, I got arrested there once. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> you got arrested there. Uh, well, I got my car impounded there. Yeah. Ah. Because I had a, uh, unpaid ticket on my license and I was driving faster than I should. Down H? Down the five or it might've been. Where is this? Where is this place? 
It's here in California? Yes, it's like, uh, it's up uh, towards Frisco, but it's like halfway between. So Central California. Yes, you might call it Central California. So if you look at the map of California, the little, I call it the nipple of California because it looks like a nipple, it's like a little boop on the Mm -hmm. coast. That's Uh Lompoc. Yeah. It's the last town in Santa was it's the last town in Santa Barbara County that's north, and then once you pass oh, that, okay. that's Santa Maria. Oh, okay, okay. I'll oh, see so you like a little small beach town. Mm-hmm. See, and I, uh, I got arrested more. by Santa Maria County, so I don't know if they uh, did yeah, that yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got a, uh, I got pulled over. They impounded my car and said, "Nope, your license is suspended. We're taking this shit. We'll drop you off at a uh, motel or something." I was like, "I guess that's what we got to do." Called yeah, my buddy well, at like. 10 o'clock at night, he made it up there around like 2.33 in the morning, picked me up, and my phone was dead and everything. I just told him exactly where I was, and he was such a good friend. He's like, dude, I'm on my way. And then uh-huh. one of our friends was sitting next to him. He's like, where are you going? I was like, I'm going to pick up Jason. He's up in fucking Longpock. I was like, oh, shit, let's go. <laughs> so midnight shotgun ride up to uh, Longpock to pick me up. We got home at like 5 in the morning, and he had work at 6 a.m. Oh, uh- yeah. Well, we're famous for our the two things that we're famous for is that is the Air Force base, which all like the major missiles come out of. So when you saw like uh, Musk did that whole uh, X whatever he does, mm-hmm. that, remember that everybody thought it was aliens? They looked up, they're like, "What the hell is that?" And he did the X uh, space space X whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was out of Vandenberg. So like I said, Air, Vandenberg Air Force Base is an Air Force base, and we have a huge prison there. So it was like mm-hmm. a weird mix of like prison families. Uh, military families, and then kind we kind of near the beach, but I mean there was a couple surf heads, but not really too many. But uh, our town was very, you know. Now I think they're they're trying to be like, was it gentrify? They call it like it's like oh we have a, we have wineries and we're doing all this fancy. I think they're doing like skydiving now. But like when I was a kid, there was like nothing there. Ah, uh, I see. I ain't get skydiving. <laughs> You, I do. We got a big, we got a big one out here in Paris. I should just go into skydive. I dived. I, I, I flew out of a plane with my my eighty at, at the time, my eighty seven year old grandma. Really? Yeah. She did it. She she wanted it for eighty seventh birthday, and I said, and I've always wanted to do it. And I said, I'm doing it with you because how cool is it to jump out of a plane with your grandma? Absolutely. Your grandma. That's yeah. awesome. And the same day that I jumped out of the plane is when I picked up the ring. Speaking for another full circle to the <laughs> nice. wedding pictures. So this was but like just, a couple right. of years ago then. Yeah, it was 2018. I I my okay. I had my the ring sent to my parents' house because I didn't want it obviously sent here because we're living together. So I, I had it sent to their house. And so I went, jumped out of a plane in Paris, California, with my 87 year old grandma, picked up the ring and came home and Yeah, see you can get it awesome. down here. Nice. Yeah. All right, well, All right, let's, well, let's get back to, to this again. movie. We haven't talked about the movie in like 30 minutes. But we went full circle back to the movie though, because it's not back, back to the play. movie. Now we're back to the movie. <laughs> So are you guys ready? Yes. Wait, what? Are you ready for the motherfucking drinking game? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm very okay. excited for this drinking game. I haven't even thought of like if I want to add anything because I'm pretty sure you got this one covered. I think I got it on lock. We'll see. All uh, right. I took advice from you guys from last week because I kind of went a little ham on, on the game. So I was going to be a little better this week. Let's see how we go with that. So grab your strawberry daiquiri or any kind of daiquiri I'm or your wackery. I'm Ashley's daiquiri. Yeah, or your wackery or just a bottle of whiskey. 
and get ready for that motherfucking drinking game. So you're going to take one sip. One sip. When someone says a rule. Yes. Any of the rules. Never leave a fellow crasher behind. Uh, never draw attention to yourself. That's uh, uh, like bad attention. You mm-hmm. know. Rule number 16. Rules, give me an up to date family tree. You made me look like an idiot. Don't commit to a, a family member. If you're not sure if they're alive or dead or not. Okay. These are these are rules. <laughs> Any of those rules. You hear a rule, you're going to take a sip. Okay. okay? You're going to take a sip when somebody drinks. Now, there is a lot of alcoholic drinking yes, in this movie. Yes, there is. I like the mom. So get it together. Somebody get me another scotch for Christ's sake. When can I have servants to make me drinks? That's what I'm waiting for. I just made this whole goddamn house daiquiris before I came up here. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody makes me drinks. Yesterday was my birthday, and I was still making everybody mimosas. Oh, is your pops drinking a daiquiri right now? He is drinking a daiquiri right now. He downstairs. Karina was telling me that you make her and uh, your dad a drink every time we do the episode now. They ask for them. I I make it for somebody got to drink it with me, so I know they're good and it's not just me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're going to take a simp. Uh Uh-huh. When someone has sex or does something sexual. Oh my so, god! That's so this lot. is so the titty, the titty montage. I was saying, that's also the drinking montage. You're just that's gonna like, keep yeah, it. You're gonna keep that daiquiri right here that through that whole montage. Just get it ready. That's like saying every time you have to take a drink every time the camera's rolling. Uh huh. Every <laughs> time there's still on the screen, you gotta take a sip. There's a lot of titties <laughs> in this movie. So that means the titties. That means when John grabs kitty cat titties. <laughs> when uh, Gloria is fondling fucking Jeremy under the table. <laughs> it feels so good when, you, when he jokes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. <laughs> He's joking around. <laughs> it feels so good when he jokes. It feels so good. This is when Todd is sexually assaulting him in the bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait, wait, say, he said, let's play tummy sticks. I don't want to play no, tummy sticks. No, I don't, I don't want to play. Get the fucking closet right now. <laughs> you go get the closet. 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 Get, get in the closet. He's like, okay, I'll pop out. I'll pop out at the right time. Do you notice that that scene where he where he go, runs to the to the closet? I think I think they reversed it. You notice that? Did they? It looks like he's coming out. Watch the scene again. I think he was coming out, and they reversed the clip. As I'm an editor, so I know, like, like he, though his movie is. Not I know natural. that his movements did seem a little creepy and robotic. Yeah. So you might be right on that. Yeah. Right, check it. I have I to rewatch it. I think they reversed the clip. Okay. Okay. Pop out at the right moment. <laughs> no, no, you stay in. There's no right moment. <laughs> no, you stay in the closet. So you go take a simp when Jeremy gets hurt. I can't breathe. What's that? I can't breathe. This is the nice. football game. This is him just, you know, getting hurt left to right. This fool. So get shot in the ass. Ooh. Anytime he gets hurt, you go take a seal. Leave me in the trenches taking the- grenades, John. You selfish son of a bitch. Selfish son of a bitch. Just leaving me here, Judas. Okay, so um, you going to take a seal. Mm-hmm. When Sack shows his real self, it's Sack. Sack Master. 
How was the wedding? Oh, it was boring, you know. But the bachelor party, of course, rocked. We got Heidi, a couple of those fucking sluts from the environmental group. Oh. So this is when he's calling his douchebag friends, mm -hmm. talking about strippers. Man, did you hit that again? Yo, once the house, once back in the cab. Man. <laughs> sluts. Sluts! Nah, that was Claire. God, sluts! Dude, that's the best part. That that guy's so like he's so like he's waspy. You might. He's on the tennis court. And he's just like, man, sluts. <laughs> Who doesn't like sluts? <laughs> like so. Not, yeah. Not cool. So when he comes, my baby boo Bradley Cooper is showing his true self. You gonna take a sample? Um, okay. You gonna take a sample when Gloria or Todd? Violates Jeremy. Nice. Let's play dummy sticks. I'm not wearing any panties. Anytime where she's like jumping on top of him, I'm also going to take Jeremy. I'm not being adventurous enough for you. Oh, the painting, yeah. I'm gonna take the painting. All those. You gonna you gonna fucking take a sample? Okay. I'll find you. No, oh, that crazy. I'll ass. find you. <laughs> she's crazy. She's out of her mind. I know. <laughs> you know okay. uh that so, she's Fisher. she was married to uh uh baron cohen yep i don't know if they are anymore but they were i think I they divorced now i think they uh, are i think oh are they oh shit if, i know no, they had a baby together that's one funny this, ass baby <laughs> dude that's <laughs> a talented know, right? fucking baby oh, well, in like 10 years we're gonna baby. see that kid on camera yeah okay what do we got Take a simp. You, you're going to hate me on this one. But every oh. time they go to a new wedding, so this is the Asian wedding, the Italian wedding. This is just, the you know, Jewish wedding. And, the Jewish wedding. I always thought that it was, I was waiting for them to go to a black wedding to oh. have like, I think that would have been very funny. Trying that would have been be hilarious. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you know, I'm a... Uh, Leroy's Aki, adopted Aki, son. Uh, Kiki's, yeah, Kiki's <laughs> adopted son. You remember the neighbor, they're like, oh, yeah, he was a tall white boy. And it, it would have been funny, but they didn't have that one. And I was, I, I wish they would have crashed our party, especially no. our family weddings. <laughs> Dude. So you go take a sip uh -huh. when John tells a lie. So when he lies about who he is. About holy shirts and pants. Holy shirts and pants. Okay. When he lies to Claire. About being about a sailor. About being a sailor, all of that shit. You don't take a sip because he's a liar, son of a bitch. Mm -hmm. I am motorboater, son of a bitch. That's what he is. Would you say you're completely full of shit or just 50%? I hope just 50, but who knows? I would like to say that I'm 50%. But who knows? <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah, that's who when knows? the blonde girl uh, gets out of bed. She's like, all right, I'm out of here. I don't know anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, whoever's playing this game is already just wasted after like the ten, first ten minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a Zenobia drinking game. Yeah. I like. To You're meant to, to stay indoors at, when you do these drinking games. You're not going I mean, out yeah. afterwards. I need to hang out with Zenobia more. Like, <laughs> come through. These drinking games are fun. You do them, yeah. and the thing is, is that I add so many rules that of you're most likely going to forget a bunch of these rules, and you're going to be drunk. Yeah. But you will remember, like, oh shit, somebody's drinking. They're having sex. You know, you'll. There's enough of <laughs> yeah. them that you will get fucked up mm -hmm. with this. And if you did everything that was in this movie, you will die. So no. 
Let's not get to a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I tell everybody these are stay home. Yeah. A drinking game. COVID nineteen drinking games. Yeah. yeah big exactly. Time. Where you ain't got nowhere else to go but to bed after mm-hmm. you're done. So you gonna finish your drink. Uh huh. When they go to the Clary's wedding, so this is where he first sees uh, Clara. Claire. Is that her name Claire? Claire. When you first see her, and they're at the wedding, you gonna finish your drink. The eagle has landed. The big show. You're gonna finish your drink when they go decide to go on their hunting trip. Okay. So this is when Sack finally everything's ready for the quail up. hunt. They're going to shoot some small little birds that are quails. That's what they're about to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to finish your drink. Yeah. I don't have overpopulated in this area, Jeremy. You got a fucking problem with that? Not nearly as much as I do with the uh, attire that you have on, or just your general point of view towards everybody. But let's go kill some birds. I'm psyched. <laughs> or he's like, I don't really have a problem with anything except for like, the overall way that you're speaking to me. But let's go shoot some birds. Why are you talking to me like a fucking crazy person, right? <laughs> All right, so you go finish your drink. <laughs> When John busts into the wedding. So when he comes in and he's doing his speech about, don't marry that douchebag, marry me. Hey, hey. He's the best man. The graduate okay. the graduate scene. The graduate yeah. scene. Except the Wayne's World scene. Cassandra. Wayne's World, yeah. They all, they all stole from Which the also features they Christopher did. Walken. In that oh, scene, he's like, <laughs> you know who else stole from The Graduate? And I love this director. I love all of his films, but he pretty much just based all of his films off The Graduate Ooh. and took it to the next level. Wes Anderson, man. Ah. Immensely okay. influenced by The Graduate. Had to have been. I got you. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, can I make a suggestion for this drinking game? Please do. Okay. Uh, the only thing that I would add, because you've already thickened up this <laughs> drinking game is uh, you got to take a simp anytime that Vince Vaughn is eating something. We got some kind of seasoning on here. It must be sprinkled. He's like, I'm not going to eat with you right now because I like to recharge my batteries. It's going to make me upset. And I don't want to talk about last night because it's only going to make me upset. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go over here and have a little flavor. He's like, I love you, man. And he's like, are you okay? Love you too. <laughs> Just top me off with a little bit of the syrup right there on the you top. Get some syrup and, on the top there. Yep. <laughs> he is, uh, he's talking about the crab cakes. He's eating all the, all the time. The whole, all the of whole it. Beginning Loose bacon, wrap scallops, phenomenal. Wrap scallops. The, oh. the whole beginning montage of him uh, uh, at doing all weddings when he's like at the cake, he's uh-huh. just like stuffing his mouth. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he gets in there while the bride and groom are cutting the cake. He's like, what are you the doing? Spin. You don't get a drink like that. You got to treat cake like a lady. So He's good. all in their goddamn pictures and shit. They're like, who is this tall yeah. motherfucker? And if you look closely, Owen Wilson is covering for him in that moment. Like, he's going overboard, and Owen Wilson's like, look at that over there. Don't look <laughs> at that. He's got all the food in his mouth. He's just like, ha ha, jabroni. Like, <laughs> at the Italian wedding. All right, yes. that's, that's my only addition is take a, take a simp anytime that Vince Vaughn's character is eating. All right, Robin, what about I, you? I can add a little. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how many times he does it in the in this film, but I know he does it in so many different films. And you can find like a compilation on YouTube, and it's pretty amazing. But I would say every time that Owen Wilson goes, wow, he just goes, wow. 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 He says the word wow. There's actually, you can YouTube it, how many times he said wow in movies he's done. 
and it's just it's just a compilation and it's like you're gonna watch it and go wow i watched the trailer of his new project earlier today and that's exactly what he fucking says wow i mean it's just really funny (laughs) there's so many actors out there that have their little you know he does his wow you know keanu reeves whoa and like you know, Denzel uh, guarantees everything. He guarantees Will Smith goes like, "Whoa, Adam Sandler!" <laughs> you know, he's always saying, uh, "What's the matter with you?" Like you know, they all have these like lines mm-hmm. that constantly. I mean, how many times does Samuel Jackson say "motherfucker"? I mean, we oh wait for God. it. We well, wait for it. But Sam Jackson actually even like he said he would only do uh, "Snakes on a Plane" if if they changed the line to. I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. On this motherfucking plane. Nice. Yeah. He said, if you let me say that line. That's that's Mm -hmm. That's what I read. I don't know if it's bullshit, but. It is true because it was a, uh, I think it was a PG-13 movie. So they only had so many F-offs that they could use. Mm. And he was like, look, if you go have me, you need to let me say motherfucker at least twice. That's what people want to see. They want to see see. how many different ways you can say motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy. Every time he says it, you know, one. you know what they call a motherfucker in France? <laughs> Royale with cheese. <laughs> you know, my favorite, by the way, speaking of Owen Wilson, one of my favorite uh, lines from Owen Wilson ever in a movie is off screen. He used to do that. This was like his type of comedy. He would, he would just say lines off screen. It was like a big thing in like Wes Anderson films mm. where you'd hear him off screen saying something. It would just crack you up. And it was in Cable Guy. Did you ever see that movie, Cable yep. Guy? <laughs> Cable guy. Yeah, and he's and Robin's he, date. He's Robin's date, and he's having the date, and he keeps like interrupting the date, trying to get to know her, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Hey, uh, wait, where, where's that what, chicken? What's oh, yeah, with I the chicken? chicken? Like an hour ago, right? So he keeps doing <laughs> that, and, he, and then he like interrupts her, and he goes, I gotta go to the bathroom, and he gets up, and she's just waiting there, and you hear him off screen going, Hey, man, what is going on with that chicken? Like in the background. <laughs> uh huh. He's just saying random shit. He just yeah. it. And you just see Leslie Mann just sitting there like, how the fuck do I get out of this day? <laughs> I, we need to do that movie. I love it. Oh, I Cable fucking guy. love that movie. I love Absolutely. when he goes to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had my 18th birthday at uh, uh, Medieval Times because of that movie. I love nice. when he's like shit, doing his hair. He's like, you want me to do your hair for you? And he's like, <laughs> why are you doing this? A little touch about Falfa? Yeah. <laughs> when, he make, when he makes some breakfast, he's like, why are you doing this, David? I made you scrappy eggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything was going so well. It was so good. I can All fix right, it. Well, I can make it better. The motherfucking drinking, drinking game. game. This, delay, this delay is not working for our harmony. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I miss being in there with you. It sucks. I think I got it, though. It's like, the motherfucking drinking game. Ooh. Nice. I like it. See, you're going to replace me with the singer. Awesome. We gotta, you got to go high and then look. got to go, my motherfucking drinking game. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before yes, we dive in, I got another drink in the freezer, and I'm going to grab it. Okay. Re- what, you, you freezing your drinks now? Yeah, I taught him well. <laughs> I He already made it, so you might as well put it in there. Oh, that's true. I'm like, I want to see him blend on camera. No. We tried that. That was hard, so we don't you, do that anymore. You, you guys using regular blenders, or you guys got the Ninja or whatever, that crazy one? He's got the Ninja or whatever. Yeah, the Ninja? I yeah, I knew you'd have the Ninja, man. I see all your workout videos. <laughs> I knew you'd have the Ninja. You got the Nutribullet. You got the Ninja. Yeah, no, I, I just got, got the Ninja. Blender. You got a banana tree in your backyard. 
We have a avocado yeah, tree holes. and an apple tree in the front yard that we're trying to grow. Uh, Are you serious? I was joking. You're serious? <laughs> oh, dude, my mom has the greenest thumb. And so they're still in uh, pots so that when we buy a house, we can take them with us. All right. So Wedding Crashers is directed by Mr. David Dopkin. 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 So uh, like I said, he was just coming off of his uh, other movie with Owen Wilson, Shanghai Noon, right before this. However, my dude started in music videos like a lot of directors do. Robin as well has directed a fair amount of music videos. Okay. So he, David, started with uh, some digital underground music videos, actually. He did uh, I Get Around, and he did uh, Keep Your Head Up. That was two of his first uh, jobs ever. With Tupac, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, and right after that, he jumped in with uh, Coolio doing that uh, one, two, three, four, Get your ass up on the floor. On the floor. Okay. Gonna get up and get down. Gonna get up and get down. Okay, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. So he was hitting up the 90s pretty good. Yeah. And uh, right, that was like, yeah, that was his 90s time. It was in 2003 that he did uh, Shanghai Nights. When the hell did he do Shanghai Noon? What is Shanghai Night? It's Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. You never seen it? We got to play Shanghai. that drinking game when they're oh, in the no. tub and they're drinking. Wait, are you are you on IMDb right now? Yeah. What's the I t- thought it was Shanghai New. Shanghai Nights is part two. Oh, I never even heard of it. You, <laughs> That's why I was confused. Are you on the director's IMDb? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see his top movie? What is it? Looking on right now? Wedding Crashes 2! <laughs> yes. What? Did you not see that? You didn't do your research. Yes, there is talk of a Wedding Crashers 2. That's amazing. I usually leave the director to you. This is true. I don't know if you noticed that. This is true. I usually leave that for you. So there has always been talk of a part two, and the director and Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson did want to do one uh, all the way back since like 2007 or something like that. And they had an idea for doing it, where there was a better wedding crasher who uh, invades their world somehow, and they wanted that wedding crasher to be Daniel Craig. Uh, uh, but somehow that just never came to be. But it has been announced that they or David is doing Wedding Crashers 2. However, nobody's attached yet. Okay. You know I love my twos, so mm-hmm. I'm already down. I, I don't know if you could do should- better than part one, though. Now, you're never going to do bad. Not with this one. Terminator 2 is like the only movie that ever like killed the first movie. Like there's no twos that are better than the first one. (laughs) Zenobia begs to differ. (laughs) I beg to differer because Die Hard with a Vengeance is the best Die Hard. That's like part four though. That's four. It's part three. It's three. It's part three. You're right. It's part three. That's three. That's three. That is the best one though. I love the first one. I agree with you. I would watch part three. Hands, yeah. It goes. It goes one, and then and then three. I'm gonna say three, and then one. Two. Two's not that good. Two's well, not I, that good. I will even it's say not. this. I will even say this. Die Hard and three, both different movies, but both on the same wavelength of awesomeness. Sure. I, I, I will so allow you. It. You did have a list though of like 
uh, and I, I remember agreeing with your list of like twos that were better than one. But Godfather I don't remember what movies they were. Favorite, is my favorite Godfather. That's true too. Okay. All right. It's, I'm saying, it's rare, though. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Like you said, T2 is better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Iron Man, any other Iron Man than the first one better. So at least the second one and the third one were pretty bomb. I'm going um, to say no on I that one. I disagree with you on that I mean, one. First one, I think, is better. I like I, two better. I liked two, don't get me wrong, but I think that the first one was the best and they got uh, increasingly less good. Yeah, like, but not by much. I like bit. Mickey Rourke. A little down. I think I, Mickey Rourke did good in part two. And uh, what is his name? Uh, the dude with the glasses. I fucking love him, and I always forget his name. Oh, you talking about the? Um, uh, you talking about Rock, uh, Rockwell? Sam Rockwell. Sam yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, great. I mean, he, he always him. turns in a great yeah, performance. He, he is great, man. I uh, mean, Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's the worst in that. I love it. Green Mile is so terrible. I like him to trust his angels personally. You're seeing <laughs> but with Wedding Crashers 2, uh-huh. I would say that they make it so that, you know, there's a gay guy busting in these weddings, picking up on dudes. Nobody's expecting this fabulous, well-dressed dude or chick to go in there. You expect some guys that look like Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson to be going Please in there. Please bring in Wayne Brady and Neil Patrick Harris as the Wedding Crashers. That would be amazing. <laughs> I like that. That would be so great. Since they're brothers. Since they're brothers? Absolutely. I would would say. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I love that show. I would say NPH and what's his face from Schitt's Creek? Uh, The guy who plays David. Oh, uh, Levy's son. Yes. Mm -hmm. He would Uh, be a great one to come in and just be a great Is it his real son? I haven't seen Schitt's Creek. His real son. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he actually created the show. He did create the show. Eugene Levy did? Yeah, no, no he, uh, his, his son. son. His son created yeah. it. Oh, Dan, nice. Is it Dan okay. Levy? I think it's Dan Levy. Dan Levy, yeah. David. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Well, um, another uh, notable project that Mr. David worked on, David Dopkin, our director, that is, is uh, Maroon 5's music video, Sugar. I was just going to say, man, these are like the most like questionable things that he's worked on is all these Maroon 5 videos. Yeah, really? so it started with that one because as if you've seen the music video they are crashing weddings and doing live performances they got that from this movie and they got the director to do it yep yeah so the bride and groom didn't know about it the bridal party didn't know about it and then all of a sudden maroon 5 is just showing up and doing performances for these weddings i'd be like who's this skinny ass white dude singing at my wedding you better get out of here well, it says, it says right here on the director's IMDb that his objective as a director is um, she will be loved. Ooh, his I objective? Love that his what objective as a director. <laughs> My objective as a director is she will be loved. She will be loved. Oh. About the Maroon, Wait, Maroon did he do that music right? video? No, it's just a Maroon 5 joke. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's like if there's one thing oh, that I want to do as a director is make sure that she will be loved. That she nice. will be She loved. will be loved. It's going to take a lot for him to do Wedding Crashers 2 to the to meet the bar. Yeah. Because Wedding Crashers 1 is among the 50 greatest comedies of all time, according well, to did, some polls and stuff. What did you think about Dumb, Dumb and Dumber 2? I think I it waited too long. I, I agree with you, but it wasn't that bad for what it was. I also agree. I don't think it was as bad. There were some funny moments. Yeah, I do think moment. that they waited way too long to way fucking do long. it. They waited they way too long, 
And the I don't, I'd have to rewatch it just it. based off your guys' recommendations because I think I checked out when I watched it. It, it was, it wasn't the the worst. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as bad as Dumb and Dumber. Sure, that one sucked. But also, do you think that they can bring back all of these characters? Do you think they can bring back Walken and Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson and yeah, now Isla Fisher and um, Rachel Mc Adams? They're all girls. huge stars now. Could they even afford to make this movie now? Nah, they're yeah. not that big. Not big enough to not do it too. They well, all, not big all, enough to not first. do it too, but they're all A-list stars now. Like this was Isla Fisher's first big movie. The first thing I remember her in, yeah. Yeah, and I actually auditioned with the casting director for this movie. Your name's Lisa Beach, and I did a workshop with her, and she told me about Isla Fisher's audition. So she auditioned with that scene with Vince Vaughn where uh, she's patching him up. And she's telling him, I'm not wearing any panties and like, where's my friend? And then she like squirts his knee and like, because there's so many variations to her character in that. And she just knocked it out of the fucking park. She's like, there was no question in my mind that Isla Fisher was going to be in this movie. Good. Because I'd find you. (laughs) She's crazy. Yeah. Well, she's with. I guarantee you, she's already talented. Mm -hmm. And then she fucking is like, with Sasha Baron Cohen, has like no fear. Probably raised her confidence, so she just goes and auditions and just like kills it. Well, this was before good. they were they even knew each other. Is this before? Uh huh. I thought they were dating when he was doing Ali G. Were they? I think they were. Maybe. I don't know. I just know that they got married after Bull Rat. So. Okay, I, I could be wrong on that one. But, uh, but either did, way, yeah, but I mean, if, you're, if, if I was friends with Sasha Baron Cohen, no matter how talented I was, I think just being around him would maybe go. This guy is just like doesn't give a shit. Maybe I should not give a shit and just. Mm-hmm. That's the I mean? key, I, I, actors. I that is the key there. to nailing a good audition. Stop giving that a shit. You're psyching yourself out. And that's a nice, yeah. <laughs> actors psych themselves out before they even walk in the room. I see this them. I true. watch them. They're so stressed out in the waiting room before they go into their auditions. Yeah, it's 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 mind boggling, man. You're in there, and you're just like, because all you're thinking about is like. You're not, you're not going in. You know, somebody taught me right before I, I stopped acting mm-hmm. and they said a lot of people when like, say you have a role, let's say it's like a gangster role. Mm-hmm. People go in and they, they think about their, the gangster movies they think about. So they try to act like Joe Pesci. They try to act like everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you went in and you made it your own thing, even if you didn't get that role, the director will remember you for the next project and keep you in mind. Yep. That's the best thing you can do, but everybody just keeps coming in thinking they have to be the stereotypical. They're always yeah. way too big when they shouldn't be. They're always yeah. way too small when they shouldn't be. And I know that now as a director, mm-hmm. when I do auditions, um, I like it when I write something down and I think of a, a character in my mind where I write it down and someone comes in and it isn't perfectly that character. They bring something else different that I wasn't thinking about to that character. And then I go, that's magic. Now you have a concept of, of what you want to do as an actor. You're falling in line with with, I, with I'm digging mm-hmm. mesh together. And we're gonna create something that's not uh, premeditated so much. It's gonna be more organic mm-hmm. and fun, you know. I agree. And you're already that's how it head, happens. You're ahead yeah. of the game, you know. My goal is to be as relaxed an actor as John Cusack. <laughs> that guy does not give a shit. He's so relaxed when he's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the type of actor that goes to these auditions and thinks that, well, you know what? This is it. I'm done. This is my last one. I'm going to give it my all. And then you end up being like Chidi from uh, 
the uh, what's it called whatever place you, you know he that was with your girl in it uh which frozen one chick frozen uh, chick what is oh, oh the good place the good place that's what it's i didn't hear the uh, name your your audio was cracking up so i didn't hear the name that you were talking about oh the guy who plays chidi he's been doing it for so damn long that he was like this is it this is my last audition mm-hmm. and if i don't get it then i'm just not meant to be an actor and yeah. then he books one of the best shows of this decade oh that's like a real in. story yeah yeah or like oh, uh there's Smash a lot was of those me yeah, Smashley was telling me about the lady who plays the ant on Black uh, Mixed Dish. She yeah, said same that she situation. was no longer going to be doing acting anymore. Dude, she her went car out for was her packed last up. Time. I, yeah. had a, I had a friend of mine who uh, he used to be on a show, and he he used to be friends with the guy. I think it's Hurley. He played Hurley on uh, Lost. The the Hurley. Yeah. I love Lost. Yeah, I never I seen. Lost. He was friends with him, and they go on dishes all the time. And he said that the last time he talked to him before, obviously, he got huge. He was like, "Oh, what you? What did you uh work on? Oh, I just, I just did this audition for this uh, show called uh, Lost or something." He's like, "I don't know. It's never gonna get picked up. Nice. It's, gonna get it's gonna get canceled. That's crazy. <laughs> totally got picked up. One of the big, sh- big shows, shows of that oh, city. And yeah. now he's on like Hawaii Five O or whatever. Still making big money. Big- but you know why? I think, I think that the reason why is that you know, every once in a while you get kind of like these people, like these J.J. Abrams and these like directors that come in, they actually really give a shit. Mm-hmm. And they really yeah. care about making a good show. And as an actor, you start to do these auditions and you see your friends get, you know, a pilot or they get a show and it and it gets fucking canceled because it's not that good because the director probably just dials it in and just doing like yeah. vision or anything. Nothing. Or, or a right team or like the right amount of people coming together and creating something amazing. And yeah. every once in a while you get that and it's fucking magic. And if you're lucky to be involved, like you like win the lotto practically, you know, even See, this though this is what acting teachers need to tell their students. Yeah. But even but though they, you're talented, like, like these guys are all talented, but it's just like, they got to link up with other talented people that were, you know, calling the shots and making the show good. And, and people were listening to them and letting them do it. That uh, it's kind of still like winning the lotto. Even if you are talented to be around other talented people in, in, in that kind of uh, atmosphere, it's like, you know, it's 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 a, a light in the light in the dark, you know, flashing mm-hmm. the pan, like it fizzles out real quick if you're not careful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, can I give you guys a fun fact? Sure. I don't know. Are we still on what's his face? Oh no, I'm ready to talk about our first character who we just talked okay. about. Okay, well I want to throw in a fun fact real quick while we're in this. So with this movie, Wedding Crashers, Congress complained about this movie. U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. And this is because the studio's website was having printable purple hearts that you could print off of live so that you can impress girls and get free drinks. We won't have to pay for a drink all night. Purple hearts. We won't have to pay for a drink all night. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That all night. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, Congress was not okay with this. They were like, hey, girl, knock that shit off. <laughs> You're offending people who actually, you know, serve their country and serve their country. It saves the people and almost died their damn self. And you're sitting here having printable shit. So no. don't get me wrong. It's funny. It's but very stop funny. It. <laughs> Knock it off. They're like, I get it. I get it. But stop. <laughs> oh, while we're on the government, I got to give you a fun fact. So there's actually some uh, real government officials in this movie. There is. You know, really? so yeah, in the scene right before uh, when uh, Vince Vaughn has his little speech of uh, maple syrup, 
He's like, I love maple syrup. I love it on pancakes. What do you think? I holding my pizza. hair up, slick. Yeah. My uh, favorite. I love that. The camera cuts to um, Christopher Walken greeting and glad handing guests. And the two guests that he's talking to is uh, the Democratic uh, advisor. Uh, what is his name? We talked about him already in uh, old school. The Raging Cajun. James Carbone? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Secretary, you just grow up so damn fast. No, it's true. Yeah, James Carville. He's in a lot of We talked about him in old school. He was with uh, Vince Vaughn in old school. He did the debate. He's in a lot of movies, I think. Yeah. That guy shows up in a lot of films. And the guy standing next to him is none other than John McCain. Ran for uh, president in 2008 against Obama. McCain was McCain is right there. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know I, that. This I is during that slow motion shot where they're uh, doing a close up on Rachel McAdams looking all gorgeous yeah. and shit. You're not paying attention to those old men. You're looking at her. Oh, but yeah, yeah, as a teenager in 2005, I just thought they were extras, had no clue who they were. Nope. But uh, going back and watching it this week, I did notice a lot of mm-hmm. faces that I was like, look they at just me. Grow up so politics. damn fast now, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, that was a uh, that was All right, so my first actor to talk about is an actress that we just talked about in our wedding singers episode. So we ain't gonna talk too much about her, but we absolutely love her in this. It's Miss Ellen Abertini Dow. I did not write anything about her because we did just (laughs) we went in depth with her in our wedding singer episode. So she plays the grandma. She plays Grandma Mary Cleary. Mommy, we've had a long day. I can do it myself, asshole. She's the rapping grandma mm-hmm. and the wedding singer. She passed away in 2015. Yep. She did. She did. She had 30 years of teaching uh, drama and dance under her belt before she retired and then started acting in the 80s. Uh-huh. What a life. Dude, she yeah. was 72 years old before she booked her first acting job. That is crazy. You know what's funny? I kind of think that that's going to be me. I don't know, I came man. Out here, I, I came think out if here, you gave it a shot, like you're on projects all the time. No, but I, I gave up acting, and I'm like, I feel like I'm gonna be like 70 years old one day. I'm like, I want to get back into acting, and I'm not gonna give a shit. Yeah. I'm gonna shit on. I'm gonna shit on my diaper on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get the roles. You gotta try that at least once in your life. It's actually really weird to do as a young man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Put on a pair of depends for a day know. and see what happens. Well, it depends Jason on the day. Know. It depends on the day. <laughs> depends. Oh my god, <laughs> you guys are too much. But yeah, I mean, being an old, older person and getting in the game is something that's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole life, I've known that Lucille Ball didn't become famous until she was in her forties, yeah. um, and that's when I Love Lucy started. The first season of I Love Lucy, she's thirty nine, and really? then she blows up after that. So. Knowing that story as a child, I've always used that as like my light. Like it don't matter how old you are, you can still find your chance. Yeah, you that's know? the thing about this industry sure. is you only get better as you get older. And as an actor, you only people. get better. It's the only job where you get better as you get older. Yeah. And they don't have anybody. They don't <laughs> have me. old people. You know, they don't not write scripts with old people in it. Old people are in a lot of damn things. Especially you nowadays. Know? Look at De Niro. He's yeah. completely reinvented himself. I love the intern. But I'm just going to say that's him, though. Who doesn't want to work with Robert De Niro? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, the next character we got to talk about is Mr. Ron Kenyatta, I think is how you pronounce his name. 
Oh, he's a or butler. Or Ron Canada. Yeah, he's a butler. Yeah. Randolph. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching my stories, man. Is that what you get paid to do? It's exactly what I get paid to do. I love what you... Okay, what was he in? A lot. Because I remember I saw that movie and I was like, this dude has been a ton of stuff I've seen like in the 90s and I, and I, I didn't know his name. Uh, he was in a lot of stuff in the 90s. Uh, he did uh, a lot of TV before yeah, this TV. as well as after this. Like when he gets on a TV show, it's usually like he doesn't do one or two episodes. He'll do a season of something, two seasons of something, you know. Um, what, was and the, what was the main show he was on? He was on The Shield. He did uh, National Treasure right before this. He was yep. on, uh, oh, my favorite boxing movie, arguably of all time, Cinderella Man, right before he did this oh. movie. Um, oh, he is in that. You're right. You're yeah. right. So he's one of uh, James Braddock's uh, trainers, right? During this time, he was on The West Wing. He was on The West Wing. He's he, been he played so many uh, Theodore Barrow on The West Wing from 2003 through 2006. Yeah, I think that's what I remember from is the West Wing. Yeah. I and mean, I've done seen like him National for Treasure, all kinds of stuff. He was on Weeds for like a number of times, Boston League. He was on Weeds. My dude for a is a bit. journeyman actor. He just keeps going. Matter of fact, he was on Weeds. You're right. I was like, he was, who was he? He played this Muslim dude. He was trying to date this other. He has a distinctive voice and look. I never, He's been working since like the 80s. This dude has been everywhere. You've seen him. You really have. Mm-hmm. I I've like never, him when he's yelling at Vince Vaughn. You banging the daughter, Andy Grandma? How much jam you got, man? Andy Grandma? How much <laughs> jam you got, man? I, I never I never got into weeds. Nah, me neither. Oh, but he gets into weed. I'm Joey. <laughs> the sooner we finish this, the sooner I can go smoke. So let's oh do my. this. Dude. Hey, you can, hey, if you post that, just don't tag my father in it. Ah, Sounds good. My, my <laughs> I do so, have to work tomorrow, so let's get this cracking. All right. Well, uh, he's recently uh, been doing uh, the Orville with Seth okay. MacFarlane for the last three years, and he's got two movies coming out. Uh, one's called uh, The Empty Man, and the other one is called Kinjiku. The Empty Man. Sounds, sounds foreign. I'm not sure what that one's called. So okay. we got to talk about Mr. Uh, Keir O'Donnell, who plays Todd. I abs- He might be my favorite character in the whole movie. Death, you are my bitch lover! He's so good. <laughs> so fucking good. He's got to do a really good job in this movie. Would that make you happy, Dad? Uh, would that make you love me? Wouldn't kill would you love to play some physical sport once in a while. He plays that weird emo kid from uh-huh. the 2000s. That uh, we all know he's the tortured artist whose uh-huh. conservative family don't understand him. I think that he did an excellent job. He did now, a fantastic you, job. Do you know who might have had this role if it wasn't for him? Yes, I do, but go on, go on with it. Wait, can I guess? Go yeah, ahead, go guess. guess. Yep. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I'm so glad you messed up his name, though. <laughs> Jake Gyllen. Jake Gyllen. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I do feel like they would have asked. They would have considered they, him, maybe. They would have considered him. No. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us who uh, almost got the job of Todd in Wedding Crashers. Justin Long, who I love. Yes. I love that guy. I wish oh. he would get more work. Yeah, he would have uh, been good. So he, he was just coming it. off of Dodgeball with Vince Vaughn, which is how he had he the inside so track for this movie. Yeah. So he, he did that, and he came in for the audition, but uh-huh. he did 
Todd a little different than what we see today. He's Todd was more of a Buffalo Bills yeah. from Silence of the Lambs kind of voice. Would you fuck me? That's funnier though. That's funny. It is. But they still but liked him. They they wanted they him. Which but also he was doing uh waiting at the time. Which I'm glad he did. Or was, was it waiting movie. or was it accepted? Either one. I love both of those movies. I, I enjoy both of those movies. Yeah. But because there was a delay, they started looking for other people. Wait, so you think that like Wedding Crasher, uh, you know, the the casting people were like, hey, just so long. Um we want you to play this role, and he's like, "You know what? I'm 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 waiting on this movie called Waiting." Nice. <laughs> well, he was so already. Like, what uh, are you waiting for? They were already slated to do it. I think they were already in pre-production or something like that. But uh, somehow, he waited a day too long. I was listening to oh. Armchair Expert, like I do, and I heard him expert. tell this story. And he called uh, Vince Vaughn up. And asked him uh, if they're like still considering him or this, that, and the other. And he's like, oh, man, I wish you would have called me like three hours ago. They just cast this guy named Keir O'Donnell. And he uh, did a great job. He did a great so fucking job. And him and uh, Justin Long end up being friends in real life. So. Uh-huh. Like you, Justin Long was like kind of upset about the whole thing and like didn't want to meet him. But he met him at like a comedy show or an improv show or something like that. And yeah, they became best friends afterwards. So and it was all good. Mm-hmm. But I, I, first, did a great fucking job. I love him in this movie. First, just along yeah. the Arizona was Jeepers Creepers, and Me I had too. I had no idea that he was going to be such a funny dude. I love Jeepers Creepers. That scared the shit out of me. That was a good it one. Again, it's a good movie. It's you like so you like horror movies. Love them. You can come back in October if you like. Horror you can take movies. my spot in October. You can take yeah. You know how this is, this, is the shit I, this is the shit I draw. I'm a horror fan. Ooh. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, I gotta I show you his uh, short film uh, that he did with his that's dog. That's what I do. That's what I do. My first feature film that we didn't talk about, but it's all good. The feature film that I made, I made because I can't make a horror film for no money, so I made like a comedy drama. But everything I want to do, I'm really a genre filmmaker. I love horror films, sci-fi films. You know, but I like to sprinkle the humor and heart in there. But mm-hmm. love- this is why we need to hook up because I have always wanted to be in a horror movie. It's one of my favorite genres. I know so much about it. October so is my fucking favorite month. You got to come back in October. At least listen Halloween. to some of us. Yeah, please. <laughs> I make this full do it because I love Halloween movies so much. And there is a part of me, I mean, prior to the show, because the show does take up so much of my time. You guys, So much but- time. But in October, uh, prior to the show, I would try to watch 31 scary movies in the month of October, which I oh, would do. Yeah. And I did that for a smooth nine years. And out yeah. of those nine years, at least six of them, I got to 31 movies. So, damn. Yeah, I this love what I'm hoping. Scary this is what I'm hoping. Can we do like a Halloween? Can I come back for Halloween or something? Yes. And, and actually, we're not doing this. We're like hanging out. No, this yes, will not happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Would be I will make you a drink. Yeah. Once Corona's over, we normally like hang out before we have dinner together before we relax and then we dive into all of this and it's so much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I'm glad I'm on my third daiquiri. Matter of fact, I'm starting to sweat. Look, I'm starting (laughs) to sweat over here. What what were you eating over there? Me? Yeah. You had like a. Was oh, like I a, was a I was eating the lime, the lime pill. Yeah. Oh. I, lime. I just thought like you were keeping like like this. 
So Kiro O'Donnell uh, has still consistently been working, and um, the last thing I saw him in was American Sniper. Yes. He played uh, Jeff Kyle in that one. But even afterwards, he did uh, this uh, TV show called uh, Legion. He did through uh, one or two seasons on Ray Donovan. He's const- He did Drunk History. Oh, an episode of Drunk, Drunk History. You I guys, love Drunk History. My goal is for this podcast to blow up big enough that I could be on Drunk History. I already <laughs> tell Drunk History every week. I'd be so ready for that. That'd be, I'd be great. <laughs> We've been training for this for like two years now. And he's that, got a movie coming out uh, that's in uh, post-production right now called The Dry. Hey, there's my brother. What's happening? Hey. This is Robin. Robin, my brother-in-law, Rashad. Rashad, nice Robin. <laughs> What's up? Now, yeah, get on out of here either. before all the kids come in. <laughs> no, they sleep. They sleep? <laughs> then make the man a daiquiri. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm just checking. All right. So, continue. Uh, it is time to talk about... One of our lovely ladies of this movie, Miss Jane Seymour. Call me Cat. Okay, Cat. Call me Kitty Cat. <laughs> okay. She is so great in this movie. This was my first introduction to her, but my girl has been working since 1969. Oh, you talking about a. Uh... Talking Dr. about Dr. Quinn, Dr. Quinn, Dr. Quinn medicine woman. What is that? Woman. Uh, it was a TV show. She was like a medicine woman in like the Wild West. Oh. It lasted from uh 93 to 98, so it did have a long run. Okay. Jason, uh, it's kind of like the already, first thing I've ever seen. You kind of already got everything, Jason, in the title Dr. Quinn, Quinn. Medicine, medicine Woman. Woman. I see the cover and it looks like a little house on a prairie situation. Yeah, it's like that time period. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Except Little House on a Prairie was all about the fucking man. This is like the woman is killing it. Fuck the man. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, fuck you. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first thing I ever saw her in. So that's what I always think of her as Dr. I've Quinn. I've never it's seen nor heard of this show. It's a big never show. heard of it? Wow, it was a big show. <laughs> I mean it was during the nineties. You know where I was in the nineties. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. There's some folk in the world. It was on uh, It was on regular channel. It was no cable. Okay. Well, you know, it, was crazy. it was crazy when I watched the movie Wedding Crashers for the first time. I was like, oh, that's that's uh, Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Mm-hmm. And then when she did the whole sexual thing, I didn't know what to think. Because as a kid, I, I knew her as like this loving, like she's like the, this angel doctor that helps everyone. And I'm like, she's doing her boot. Like, what is happening? It's like seeing her <laughs> mom naked for the first time. Like, this feels <laughs> But she's gorgeous, dude. At this, no, she's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous, and she has now uh, created this character for herself that she gets to play in other uh, roles, like How I Met Your Mother. She plays uh, Jason Siegel's professor in the yeah, Cougar episode. Barney has, Barney has Barney's got to sleep with her and make like, her happy so that he'll get an A. Like right. Yeah, and he keeps going back because he's, he's trying to get that A. I yeah. love that shit. Wait, she, so, uh, you guys like How I Met Your Mother? Oh, that's my show. We love it. That's our that, show. That's my it, show. I think it might be my favorite sitcom of all time. Arguably. It's up there. It's up there. Robin, I we're quickly becoming friends. best friends. Uh, But yeah, she does a great job. Yes, she, she does. She does play the hot older lady, Kitty Cat. Mm-hmm. Call me Cat. 
Call me I did enjoy being her last week. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That'll air um, on Instagram soon. I haven't dude, posted uh, it yet. Oh yeah, so um, you guys you guys do a, you guys do the the scene for the next for the next movie, yeah. Yeah. So then we post it on Instagram to give uh, the audience an idea to try and figure out what movie we're going to talk about. I love you guys' show, man. <laughs> no joke. It's Thank so you. fun. It's, it's, it's so a fun. lot of fun. Um, so she, uh, I'm sorry. Go she ahead. Aud- she, aud- she got called for this role three times. They kept calling her like, hey, girl, we need you to play Kitty Cat. Mm-hmm. She's like, uh, I don't know. And they did a lot of auditions of women in their 50s and 60s that could pass for you know, Miss Cleary. I heard, uh, I read that they auditioned like some very prominent women very of this prominent age range. Of that age range. Probably. And they said they did everybody who was like a sexy older lady. Mm-hmm. They called them in. and But they really just wanted her. They just really wanted her. Uh, and they kept calling her. And by the third time, she finally was like, fine. And she auditioned for them. And they loved it. And she got it. Yeah. Which I think she did a fantastic job. I think this was the um, role believable. that reintroduced uh, her to uh, to you, yeah. <laughs> not just to me, but to watchers in general. But also reinvented herself because yeah. actors go through certain stages, and uh, depending on their casting, they play a specific character. Like it also did the same thing for Bradley Cooper. Before he did this movie, he was the nice guy in like uh, what was it, Felicity or something like that? He was on. Here's when Hot American Summer, he was a nice guy up until, until this, movie. this movie. And then after he, did the, this. after he did this movie, that's when everybody in Hollywood's like, oh, Bradley Cooper, I he's an asshole, him. right? Yeah, bring him yeah. in. I, I only knew him. I knew Bradley Cooper before Wedding Crashers because my friend uh, was on, uh, he was a, uh, his name is, what's his name? I haven't seen him, I haven't talked to him for so long, but he was on Heroes and he was on Alias and I think I want to say Alias, like Cooper had a role. They became yeah, friends. Yeah, Cooper. Yeah, he, he was an Alias. Friends. Yeah, and they became friends from Alias. And so yeah. I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then I saw him on Wedding Crashers. I was like, oh, he's like an actor I've seen around. He was like kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was virtually unknown <laughs> oh, until he did this, like, and then all of a sudden just now like skyrocketed. Crazy. Yeah. People who know me know that he is like my go-to white boy if I had like a white boy celebrity. <laughs> really? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I love him. I will um, say, I just saw, I just finally saw, I wanted to see, and I finally saw. Um, Stars Born. Stars yeah. Born. Man. I think he did a great job. He did. A, he breaks my heart. Did, they all did an amazing. That movie is like the Passion of the Christ, where like it was amazingly oh done. I never want to see it again. Mm-hmm. I never well, want to see it again. Watch all the other ones. There's about three more that are the same exact stories before that one. Watch yeah. that. At least give you a nice no, uh, round sad. view of what they are. Yeah. It's really it's sad. So sad. Like, all I can think of is like when, when Brad Cooper said that he's just like, we have to make sure that this soundtrack is banging because no one's ever going to watch this movie again because it's too much. Mm-hmm. But let's make the soundtrack amazing because like the whole time I was like, this is the only thing that's making me happy right now is how great these songs are. Yeah. That's the key of that movie. Yeah. You know who any, did impress any, me in that generation. movie? Andrew Dice Clay impressed me in that movie. Yes. He did, he did a damn good job. See that everyone, yeah. everyone did such a great job in that film. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, that course, movie only works with a great soundtrack. And yeah. all the previous ones had great soundtracks, had great female leads and male lead 
to pull those off. So if you follow your history, that movie was going to be good as long as you had a big celebrity female artist like yeah. Lady Gaga or uh, Barbara Streisand mm-hmm. or uh, Judy, Garland Judy Garland to pull this up together. And you have you yeah. already have your draw and you just need a cool dude to back them up and the amazing songs. But like Lady Gaga. In 20 years, we'll be, they'll be remaking that movie in 20 years. Like mm-hmm. that's, Seems like I mean, whole, every 20 time, to 25 years. But the whole time I'm watching that film and I was like, holy shit, like Cooper's so great in this and Lady Gaga's blowing my mind, right? She's like, And he directed it. But then he realized he directed it and he went, why did he not get more admiration for this movie? Because he did like everything. But she's so good. Too. It's, it's his like, directorial debut. That's a good director because he he picked the right roles where it's like he's he's like it's a built-in over, story overshadowed like know? it does it's yeah. not about him it's about making a good movie yeah but he they all did the whole film is fantastic mm-hmm. but I never want to watch it again I'll listen to the music but I can't watch it again it's just it's too devastating it's just sad man it does break you make you me want to rewatch bit. it because it's been a minute since I've seen <laughs> it you're right the songs are bangers well since we're talking about Bradley Cooper actually before we talk about Bradley Cooper what's your favorite line from Jane Seymour in this movie ooh that's a good one just her asking for another scotch somebody somebody give me another scotch for Christ's sakes for Christ's sake you doesn't want to be in that horrible place with her horrible husband who you know hasn't fucked her in a decade and you know you don't give a shit she mm-hmm. don't want to be there. Okay. I do say that you're right. It did change her uh, status as an actor because unlike you, me and Robin knew her as this kind, sweet Dr. Quinn medicine woman. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden it was titties and drinking. For me, I have to say it might just be her like, because it was so kind of weird. Her just being like, kitty cat. <laughs> kitty cat. Something about her delivery with that was just really like, what? Perfect. <laughs> I'm scared and I'm also aroused. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what you want. When I'd you're a cougar. My favorite line of hers in this movie is before this, when they're on the field, and she tells Owen Wilson, "You should have played with in your underwear." It's hot out here. Yeah, it is. You should have played in your underwear. <laughs> she's so dirty. It's hot she's out here. Don't even give a shit. Yeah, well, she's doesn't she say that? And he just goes, "What?" And she just walks away. Like, yeah, she's like, "I'll get you a drink." <laughs> There's no answer. She's like, I'm just going to leave you with that. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> she does a fantastic job. I she's love her. She's playing cat right. and mouse with him. Only difference is she's the cat, he's the mouse. Yeah. And he hasn't figured that out yet. He's yeah, a, he's, well, he's damn, her name is Kitty Cat. Mm-hmm. He's a very tall mouse that it wants to have a, a, a maple syrup conglomerate. Conglomerate. That's my favorite part when he goes, let's do a maple syrup conglomerate, like the way he says it. <laughs> He's the best in this movie. If Vince without Vaughn? Vince Vaughn, I wouldn't care. Yeah. I really wouldn't care about this movie without him. His lines, his delivery on things, yeah, how bad it. you feel about I him. I wish that I could it's... talk as fast as he does. What do you think I want my hair back, Slick? Right? Yeah. But, 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 that, closet. but that scene is so perfect because Owen Wilson's lines too are so good where he's just he's just like, Grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula. Huh. <laughs> Rather be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not all it's not Halloween. <laughs> I'm coming to the weddings and we fucked them all. Oh, you know that's a, a direct reference to Bon Jovi. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, because you know, and uh, what is uh, what song is you that? A I'm a cow. Faces. I'm a cowboy. And we steal horse I ride. Ride, ride. So in there, there's a lyric. I've, I've seen a million faces and I've rocked them all. We've been to a million weddings, and guess what? 
rocked them all. Oh yeah, that's right. that's, that's where you got that one from. <laughs> that's the worst. That's so lame. <laughs> it is pretty lame, line. It's so lame. I love it. Cause I wanted, wanted. Dude, I wish the eighties rock style would come back. I love that era. Wait, wait hit that, hit that note. Hear it. Cause I wanted, wanted. I can't hit that. I'm yeah, sorry. you guys are the singers. I'm not even going to try. Right, so let's move on. Let's talk about Bradley Cooper real quick because we've already. We can talk about, about Bradley Cooper real quick. In the Hangover, we've talked about. We already him. discussed him. We just discussed his uh, director debut mm-hmm. and how fine he is. I want to sit on his place. <laughs> I want to love him. Um, I would like to meet him. Uh, I'll even take him with his little. Uh, Jerry Curl in the American the, Hustle. American Hustle. I'll take that Bradley Cooper. I don't care. He's gorgeous. With the silk shirt and everything. What was the movie or what was the time? Because you know, there's always like that moment in a film where it's like, what was it that made you go, oh, I fucked Bradley Cooper? This guy. That's true. When did that happen? I need to know. I'm going to say shortly after this movie. What did he do after Wedding Singers? There's got to be something. He didn't besides, do Wedding oh, Singers. He did Wedding Crashers. I mean, no, but the, the movie that really kind of made me go, this guy's dope, besides Hangover, was uh, where he takes the pill, Limitless. Yeah. Limitless was, was a good that one. That one was impressive. That showed off his acting ability. And he, and he produced it. I think he might have directed that, too. No, no. Um, or he wrote it or something? A Star is Born is his uh, directorial debut. Debut, yeah. But he, he, he was involved with Limitless, though. He, like, wrote it. I or- will say that I did have a semi-crush on him in Alias. He does have a semi-big part in that. Yeah, uh, he was the on there season. for, like, four or five seasons. Seeing him on this, I did not like him. I was like, "What? When did you get all become a douchebaggy?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything Sex in the City did, too. He is in Sex and the City, and all the things that he did after this just slowly made me just fall for him. He's cute. He's a good actor. He could play a douchebag. He could play a good guy. He could play the underdog. He's, He's just great at that. He's, He's a great just actor. good at that. And also uh, uh, a little snippet, if you know, because we're talking about full circle again, back to the actor studio. I think it's De Niro. I could be wrong. It's a fame. It's either De Niro or it's Pacino. It's De Niro. Is you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. He's in the audience. Ask the question. Mm-hmm. So he was a student tape. at Pace University yeah. in the actor studio program. That's and pretty cool. He's straight '90s. He's got this like horizontal striped shirt on. He's got the hair yeah. down to here, just the wait, golden locks. Wait. So you're saying that Bradley Cooper? Was in the actor's studio asking Robert Ask De Niro a question. question. As a student, hey. yes. Like full on, like. Oh, he was famous. Oh, my this God. This is Bradley Cooper. Like, this is Bradley Cooper, like, in the audience. He's just like, was it a good question, at least? Here's the mic. It was. It mic. was a very intelligent question. Here's the mic. He's just like, Hi, I love you. That would be me. I'm Bradley Cooper. I'm going to be a huge star, but you don't know that yet. Can I ask you a question? Really? He said that? That's literally what it looks like. Mm-hmm. He is so enamored. And you're like, he has you have no idea this guy's gonna be like a huge star. And he's just it's just like I want to learn from you. Please. That's because I do He always be- just wanted to get better. Yeah. I do believe any great actor or filmmaker is enamored by Robert De Niro, who can mm. make you cry, who can make you piss your pants, who can make you laugh. Which is something hard to do. Where everybody and their mama has, you can ask anybody, and you'd be like, "Have you seen a Robert De Niro movie?" And they'd be like, "Yeah, I've seen Meet the Parents, or I've seen Goodfellas, or I've seen Raging Bull." It doesn't matter what what genre you have seen of Robert De Niro. Everybody has seen Robert De Niro. Okay. So anyone, anyone, question. everyone loves him. Zenobi, question for you. Answer. Because you know, I know you have it. Give me an underrated Robert De Niro movie and an overrated Robert De Niro movie. 
I think analyze everybody. I think analyze this, whatever the second one was overrated. Analyze that. Sorry, that. And you know, I like my part two. That one was overrated. His underrated movie, I would have to say, would be Cape Fear. I don't feel like enough people talk about how amazing this dude is. Where'd he go? Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I Are think you hugging? hit the nail Are on the head. I'm <laughs> hugging you through the screen because you know your shit and holy crap, that's the most underrated Rob Turner movie ever. I do, Thank I do you think for saying that. Oh my God. We're best friends. I won. Friends. We're we best friends. Should I make the ba- a bunk bed right now? <laughs> yep. Did we just become what? best friends right now? What? Yep. What? I'm blown. My mind's blown. Yeah. It's so underrated. It's so underrated. He's so creepy and yeah. Scary that movie. When he when he dies, I don't think it'll be on his role of like movies, which it should because he's the worst, creepiest, grossest. And it's actually like, an, it's actually an underrated. It's an underrated uh, Scorsese film. I yeah. also agree with that the, too. You look at the nobody talks that, about that. Yeah, the directing of that is so like De Palma meets um, uh, Hitchcock. He 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 really took like Hitchcock De Palma's like film style, but it's like it's so well done, like the shots and the. Music and the way that it's so good. Cape Fear was very underrated. I'm sure he called De Palma constantly when he was making that movie because they pretty much grew up together. Or as far as like they were like went to school together. They all came up during that same time. Yeah. But I'm not going to choose my Robert De Niro movies only for the interest of time. uh, Okay. We're approaching three hours. Let's do this. Is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? It's a good thing. thing. I just got to edit all this shit. Hey, I gotta, I gotta wake up early in the morning. I have to go to, uh, oh yeah, no work. I'm on unemployment. Oh yeah, pandemic. Fuck my life. Sorry. <laughs> well, I have to go to work tomorrow at eight thirty. So let's get this shit cracking. It's hey, early. Eight thirty. Hey, good for you. Good for you. You're working from yeah. home. You gotta roll over and put on your BK lounge headset. I do. We're just I being do. jealous over here. We're just jealous. I, yeah. I am a little jealous. Well, I would like all to All I'm saying right is the last time that I did this show and had to work the next day, I was hungover. So I'm trying yeah. not to do that. <laughs> all right. Well, Bradley Cooper, we love him. He's still playing Rocket. He's got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 in pre-production right now. It's supposed to come out next year. Love but it. with the uh, way things are getting pushed back, who knows? Nothing's and coming out ever. on that note, we got to talk about uh, Secretary Cleary for a moment. Okay, the great Before... Mr. Christopher Walken. Good man. Take a seat. Okay, well, fine. Let's go to Christopher Walken. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, I love him. Mic drop. Enough said. I'm going to pick that up. And That's I'm all say... I have to say about Christopher Walken. I abs- I, it's not all I have to say. That's good. Damn it, do I love this man. Yeah, I, I need more. I cannot pick my favorite role he's ever done. Ah. Uh, I might say true romance. Oh, I really yeah. enjoyed him in that movie. Mm-hmm. That scene is one of the greatest scenes in film yeah. history. He's mm-hmm. only had one scene, but it's a It's, it's a him and Dennis scene. Hopper. It's a fucking amazing, amazing so scene. Good. It's so um, good. I already mentioned that I do love him and catch me if you can, but uh, probably the sweetest role of his that I love is Hairspray, where he plays the dad. He, he does play the dad. I like him as Morty in Click. Oh, he yeah. is the dude who gives him the click. Yeah, um, I'm an angel. The angel click, of death. Click. Do you do you watch Click thinking that you were gonna cry as much as you did? No. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I thought I was gonna watch like a Happy Gilmore movie, and it I'm was like hilarious for like the first twenty minutes, and then it just 
very rapidly breaks your fucking That's heart. Wink, when no, Dad Winkler gets in there. Henry Winkler dies, and dude. Henry Winkler I couldn't dies. take he it. Her, he keeps rewinding him, and, and then he kiss. I'm just like, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. That movie was way. Uh, Adam Sandler got us. We Adam were Sandler ready for it, so but he got on it. That one. I, th- I thought it was going to be like Happy Gilmore, and it turned to like Phil of the Dreams, like real quick. Yeah. <laughs> real quick. So I have to say, one of the things I love about Christopher Walken's is I love when somebody gives him a fucking monologue to do. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if they give him a monologue or he's just like, hey, you know, I'm just going to say all this shit. Well, (laughs) a few times in recent memory they do. Like in Pulp Fiction, he has a monologue. He's the, um, what is his name, Keen or Coots or something like that? I don't where he's know talking he to said, young Bruce Willis. He's, he's talking about, I ass. wore this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass for three years. Yep. I'd be damned. Fenny. This has been up my ass. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a great, it's, that's a great scene. It's your father's watch. But you, you might be right. He, like, he, he, like, and, he could take a line, like you could have one sentence. Mm-hmm. He could be like, I went to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, I went <laughs> to the grocery store. <laughs> the store. And think about how long that takes. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole monologue and yeah. it's just one sentence. You must drive editors crazy though. I'm <laughs> sure. He would drive so, me crazy as an editor. Definitely. Robin, you've seen uh Pool Hall Junkies. That's another thing that I'm like referencing at this moment. When he and Mars Callahan are in the bathroom and Mars is feeling uh like he can't finish this game. Then Christopher Walken walks in and he tells him this story about lions being the king of the jungle. You know, it goes I, through the whole I, thing. It's been so many. I actually, you brought this up tonight earlier, and I'm, I have to see the movie again because oh, it's, it's so been good. so long. But I remember I saw it. I think I grabbed it like from like the library. Like I was so broke at the time that all I could get was like the library card where you get movies, and I got that mm-hmm. film because it was in Studio City where they had like all the best films if you had a library card. Nice. And I I saw that movie and that was like ten years ago, so I haven't seen it in so long. But now I want to watch it again. Ah, okay. It's, Walking goes through this whole monologue about how lions don't get up until they absolutely have to. You know, the hyenas come over and they're starting trouble, picking at his food, nipping at his heels. The lionesses come over, the zebras come over, the rhinos come drinking his water. And the lion just stays there until one day the lion finally decides that he doesn't want to take it anymore. And he gets up and he rips the shit out of everybody. Yeah, and then he just looks Mars Callahan in the eye, and he's like, "Don't beat him. Kick he's his a, ass." He's like kind of the king of metaphors. Like he put mm-hmm. he put they put him in films for metaphors. But I mean, if, if I believe that, if you want to talk about like Chris Walken before he was like that the metaphor guy mm-hmm. as far as like films that he was in, that he was just like fucking just a great actor was the Dead Zone. I don't think and, I've seen that. Okay, one. and and uh, Deer Hunter. Oh yeah, Deer Hunter. Yeah, definitely. No, no, no. Deer Hunter. Okay, so I'm gonna get into a little bit of things about uh, Christopher Walken. I'm doing this for your mom, Jason, because I know she would like us to talk about this. Oh, here we go, Um, Mama. You're welcome. And also, Robin, for your wife, who's a murderino. So recently, this past week, um, my favorite podcast, my favorite murder did a murder on uh, Natalie Wood. Uh-oh, here we go. I know all about Yep. I know all about I don't know if you guys know who they are. Natalie Wood was this amazing actress Maria. that you would definitely recognize from West Side Story or Rebel Without a, a Cause. Or America on 34th Street. 
these are like her big bangers that she did. Uh, but she was a big time star. Mm -hmm. And her and her husband, Robert Wagner, went on a yacht together. That's how I feel about him, too. Uh, Robert Wagner went on a yacht together and with Christopher Walkins and the captain of the boat. And somehow, Natalie Wood, who is terrified of water, especially dark water, got drowned off of the side of this yacht uh, of, off of Catalina Island. Mm -hmm. And uh, she died. So the only people on the ship was the captain. Her husband, Robert Redford, and Christopher Walken. Now, Robert Christopher Wagner. Walken, Robert Wagner. What did I say? Redford. Redford. <laughs> you incriminated motherfuckers over here. <laughs> Let's not incriminate Robert I'm sorry. Redford. You were right. Robert Redford's shit. <laughs> Zenobia has been drinking a lot, so bear with me. Um, but yeah, those are the only people that were on the ship that knows what happened. And Christopher Walken doesn't still to this day talk about it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say anything yeah. about it at all. And just kind of leaves it in the past, which makes me think that he knows more than what he's saying. Not that I don't love Christopher Walken, because I do, like I just mentioned, all the movies that we've seen him in and that we enjoy him in. Um, even Saturday Night Lil, more cowbell, you know. <laughs> I'm all about him. But it does give me that nice question mark above his head when it comes to dealing with Natalie Wood. And if you want to know more about that whole situation, listen to My Favorite Murder. Um and they do have a whole episode on that one, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a definitely an interesting story. I mean, I, I have theories about it, but to, well, you, no one will ever know unless they were on that boat. Nope. I, I will say this though: well, all the theories, yeah. all the theories that I've heard or I think are possible, especially now with the way that you know Christopher Walken is, because he's a great actor, but I don't think he's like a bad dude. I think he's kind of was like a bystander in all of it. You, yeah. Even, even if like shit went awry or whatever i don't think he had anything to do with like hurting her or anything i think Wagner, i don't say that i don't think he had anything to do oh yeah no like, if, that if was, like yeah he wasn't helping wagner kills I, I think he would just happen to be because i think he was invited on the on, on the, the boat trip. yeah there's a lot of rumors yeah i would it say been that one of those things where he's like he's like maybe it was an accident or whatever it was but they were like i don't know get involved <laughs> then your whole career is over yes yeah, and he, and he didn't want to do was like let's forget about it but I mean, she wasn't. From what I read, too, like you know, she she, I think she did like drugs and drank a lot. Like there could have been a fight. She felt whether he pushed her over or she fell on her own. Who sure. knows? But I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, um, Walken was malicious. I don't think he had a hand in it. You might yeah. say. This I is why, why I definitely don't believe he had a hand in it because as recent as I think it's 2017, they reopened this case, mm -hmm. and when they reopened this case. Robert Wagner was the only person of interest. So go. that's why I don't think that yeah. Christopher Walken had anything to do with it other than him being there. But uh, Robert needs to answer some motherfucking question. But you also think he's got... Like, I want to know what happened to my girl. Christopher Walken, he might have tons of shit to say, but he has a publicist Yeah, he's like, you can't say shit. Yeah. So... If anything... If he's smart, he'll write a letter that won't be released until his death. That's what I would do. Maybe, yeah. I'd be like, I mean, this was, I'm dead. It's a sad story because like she she needs just like it needs justice like yeah for like, sure it, it, like for, for 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 real. But I don't I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Chris Walken. Maybe Christopher Walken is a psycho and he just kills people on boats. I don't know. Oh well, come here, Daddy. Come on. Hold on. What's going on? 
Hey, hey Mr. Bracey, how we doing? How you doing? Hey guys, this is my dad. This is Robin. He's our guest. Everybody, this is my dad that I'm always talking about. This is him. This is the first time that your dad has ever been on this podcast. Wait, wait, why, why aren't you? Come on. You got to be. <laughs> he don't have to quarantine. He with me. We quarantine it for the rest of the world. We fine today in the house. Mr. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think that he had anything to do with it. But, Ask him uh, when Robert he's going to be on an episode. Uh, you want to be on an episode soon, Daddy? I've been asking. He said he'll see. I'll, uh, I'll ask him when he's really drunk or something. And then be like, Daddy, come on the show. <laughs> Wait, don't you have some more daiquiri left? I got a little bit of daiquiri left. No, I'm done. Get him on the show now. <laughs> All right. It's empty. What is... No, never mind. I'm not even going to get into it because that's going to take us somewhere else. So uh, it's time to talk about our uh, four leads of the movie, beginning with the lovely Miss Isla. How do you say Isla Fisher? Isla Fisher. Yeah. Isla Fisher. Is that how you say your name? That's how I say it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, like we were saying, this is the movie that uh, brought her to the public's eye. It was uh, the first thing I ever saw her in, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, she did have a TV series called uh, Home and Away back in the 90s. She did a okay. small role on that from 94 to 97. Before that, she did a show called Paradise Beach. And she was in Oliver Twist in 1999. Okay. But, yeah, nobody really knew her until she did Wedding Crashers. After this movie, she just fucking exploded. Were any of those other films like comedies at all? Like, was she giving any comedic? I don't think so. I think it was mostly like they were hiring her because she was sexy or because she was a good actress and she could do drama. Most of the stuff that I'm seeing on her uh, work history is dramatic until Wedding Crashers. Because she's actually she she has a small role in the new uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm season, and Does she's she? really she's really funny. Nice. She's a funny actress. She's great actress. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing her uh, shortly after this in uh, Definitely Maybe with Ryan Reynolds. I was like, Oh was my good, god, I love her. That was a I'm, great movie. Uh-huh. Great movie. I was surprised by that. I was like, I watched that and I was actually surprised how much I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. And I want when uh, things didn't work out between her and Ryan Reynolds in that movie, I was kind of pissed off. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of the girl that she he should have ended up with." That's why I liked it though. And then it it was realistic. Turns itself on its head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Robin, you gotta go. I love her. All right, I'll leave. She no, does this a good Robin. job. Again, again, again. Come, Robin. Robin. I'm out of here. Situation. You know, you I asked me to be on this show and tell me to leave. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, go, I'm gonna go to my living room where I already live. <laughs> she does a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's funny and cute and crazy. Uh, she, like you said, blows up after this. And we see mm-hmm. her in this and that and that and this. Catch me if you can. I thought she was Catch really good in that. You, you know, what I liked her in recently. Now you see me. Now you don't. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> say I love her in Tag. She plays Ed oh, yeah, Helms' yeah, yeah. wife in Tag, wife. and she's fucking hilarious. She just wants to be part of the crew. She just wants so to be bad. part of the game. She does. So bad. She's like, wait, I'm been in this. Wait, Isla, we're talking about Isla Fisher. So, yeah. Right? yeah. She, she was in Catch Me If You Can? 
No, see, uh, now you see me. Now you see me, now you don't. Oh, I think you said catch me in a can. I was just like, I was trying to. I, I may have been a slip of the tongue. I was actually hoping that I, I, was I meant now that you, you see right, me. I was, I was actually trying to hoping that you, I was going to learn something new tonight. I was like, she was in that movie. Oh, my bad. All the fun facts I've been dropping on you, you didn't learn nothing new yet. <laughs> I love learning new things. Okay. Excites me. Well, she did a great job. She blew up after this movie. She absolutely did. I love her. She's insanely perfect for Vince Vaughn's character. Mm-hmm. Just, I love where she's like, he's like, you know, I think that we, uh, we should go to the next step. And she's like, oh. I'm so ready to take it to the next level too. Oh God, Do you want to watch me with a girl? What about those Brazilian twins we met at the ball game? She's she like flips awesome. it on its head, but the Brazilians were very nice. You know, that was, they that's, were. That, I mean, that's an idea. Let's, I think let's they should still that. do that. I think they should still consider that and get married. Have a with the Brazilians and get married. But see, I think that could be a really good, you're talking about like, you know, obviously uh, Wedding Crashers 2 is coming out. That could be a really good uh, uh, storyline to like talk about like they're married now. She still wants to get kinky. He's kind of like, or he's kind of like, hey, I'm married now. There's like some friction mm-hmm. there. That could there be a whole be. story. There's got to be situations between each uh, couple. Yeah. Well, I or you never know. It's like you never know if Rachel McAdams and Owen Wilson actually did end up together or not. That's true. They don't get married. It's so only suggested. He, he doesn't ask her to marry him. He just asks her not to marry him. Claire, I'm not standing here asking you to marry me. I'm just asking you. Not to marry him. That's actually a great uh, uh, plot line. What you could say is that they got married, didn't work out, but they're friends and they have kids together. Plus that would be awesome. Friends and, and then they decide married. to still hit up some weddings to re-emphasize it's okay to be married or some shit. Like have some well, weird kind of... Mm-hmm. I can see this working. Okay, one, I'm so good at coming up with these part two scripts. Dude, we came up with the next Friday, uh, last Friday. It was such a good after, friend. The next after the next... Friday. The last, yeah, the last, last Friday. Friday. After the after. I was on point on that one. Well, this one's got to be the last one because. By the way, the Friday after the next is still one of my favorite, like the Christmas. Friday. Oh, yeah, we did that, we did one, that one during Christmas, Christmas time. I fucking love that movie so much. <laughs> so, what they could do because at the end of a Wedding Crashers two, at the end of Wedding Crashers, they all get in a car together and they make up a fake story of where they're gonna go and do to be Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Okay. I like her whole tip on her being like too kinky for Vince Vaughn, where she's still crashing weddings looking for somebody for them to be with. And he's just like, why are we crashing these weddings now? Like we had our own wedding. That's you know, good. I think it would be good. Either way, I'm going to watch Wedding Crashers 2. I haven't seen Vince Vaughn in a minute, so I'm excited. Yeah. As long as he's back on there. What is the last thing that I saw him in? It's been a minute. Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Vince like he's Vaughn. doing stuff constantly. Vince Vaughn is becoming a dramatic actor. Ah. You need to watch this movie. It's called, uh, shit. He goes to print. He's so good in it. I, I was blown away. I was like, Vince Vaughn is becoming like a ridiculously good actor. Mm-hmm. He did this film where he goes to print. He plays like this really like brawl in Cell Block 99. Ooh. Watch that movie. Okay. Watch that okay. movie. I got he's you. like, he's like on another level. The last okay. thing I remember seeing him in was Couples Retreat, which I absolutely love. Well, well this is him not being funny. funny. Yeah. This is Vince Vaughn, yeah. very large I like them not being man. Yeah, he's six like, five. He's freaking that, like, huge. Kills people, and he's fucking great, man. Nice. Oh he no, 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 no. You know what? Huge. He's in uh that new uh movie on uh Netflix. 
Um, fighting with my family, the one with the rock. Oh, he's in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he plays the. Uh, I've already seen coach. that. Is that pretty good? I've saw. I I can't say yes, but I've only seen about the first thirty minutes. I don't remember I, why. I, but I, I love I, it's I, on I Netflix it. already. It's on Netflix. I love okay, the director okay. and the writer of that, and I love the actress. She's in Midsummer. She's great. Okay. Shit. And I, and I love um, Nick Frost. See, you could come back and do Midsummer. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm assuming Midsom- it's a you never movie. seen Midsummer. Is it another horror movie? Oh yeah. That's why it's I haven't seen one. it. Good good one. One. So as much as Zenobia loves horror, I am the reciprocal of that. Okay, but, but let me explain something to you. Midsummer, it's a horror film, but you have to co- go into the movie knowing that it's really a horror film based off of a really bad relationship that's breaking up. It's a yeah. metaphor for a bad relationship that two people are leaving each other in the setting of a horror film. Okay. I think that you should give it a chance. It's not as scary as you think, but it's more like... I mean, like if you pick it for the podcast, fun. I'm going to watch it, but I watch about watch. four scary movies a year, and it's that's in October. Scary. It's emotionally scary more than it's like Emotion. jump scares. I faced my fears the first year of this podcast when sure did. we did October, and I said, you know what? I'm going to watch the movie that created the fear in me for scary movies in the first place. So I saw Freddy Krueger when I was four years old because I'm the youngest of five, and my siblings were watching it in the living room. Meanwhile, I'm terrified watch, listening and slightly watching it from the hallway, hugging the wall, because I don't want to go to my room, because when you're four years old, Freddy Krueger is in that room. Yeah. And I also don't want to go in there and watch the full movie either. So the safest spot for me is in the door jam of the hallway. <laughs> Dude, I get you, man. I was the same. I was the same. Uh, like the same exact feeling. Like I would be in my room and I would think he's in our but the next day, the weird thing is, like, I want to see the movie again. Mm. That's what's yeah. weird. It's like a like a roller coaster. You either like a roller coaster or you don't. Oh, not me. I watched Insidious. I looked in my rearview mirror in my back seat for a month. I'm okay, not gonna get so- into it because it's only gonna make me mad. <laughs> I don't want to get into what happened last night because it's only gonna make me mad. Let's get through today. Let's keep our eye on the prize. Let's focus and let's close some ass. But let's okay, focus so on the I podcast. Gotta- let's get to the next Let actor finish. and let's close Let some ass. Finish. Give me, let me give you a fucking fun fact before you move the fuck on. I got a whole notebook. We're not moving on. I'm quoting the movie. Wait, hold on. on. You missed it. How many daiquiris, how many wackeries have been drinking tonight? I've had three in a shot. It was there. I've lost count. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Um, On this set for this movie, there was a real wedding planner that was on set to make the weddings look and feel authentic. Thank God. so there you go. This is a That's fun that fact art department that. life. I hate yep. it when they don't pay attention to a certain aspect. It usually is uh, set design or yeah. uh, production design. I can't remember. Babe, which one's higher? Production design or... Uh, she's passed out. She's asleep. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would think production design. I think... Produ- yeah, it is production it's design. Production That's the, set, yeah. Depending on the film, I would think. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're doing a period piece, I mean, they're both involved, but, like, I mean, I can shoot it. If you get a place that's, like, still uh, intact that was around, you know, the 40s, you could just – all you got to worry about is the wardrobe because it's technically an apartment yeah. or whatever that was still, you know. So I would Speaking. think – Find a nice apartment in downtown with some exposed brick, you're good. Exactly, man. I mean, shit. I was going to – I wrote a short film that I was like, I can shoot out here as long as I could cheat it. It, you know, it could be set in the 1930s. I said, don't show a car mm-hmm. or I composite a car in there and just take like a, 
like a like a still shot, put a car in there. It's nice. Yeah, especially nowadays with what you can do with yeah. uh, VFX, it's insane. It's incredible. Absolutely so, insane. Speaking of uh, the set, mm-hmm. the house that the Clearies live in is an old ass house that's from I believe like the early 1900s. It was at one point owned by the DuPont family. Who, if you guys don't know who they are, they are one of the richest families in. Huh? Yeah, they're like a they're like a Rockefeller type of family. Ah. Uh, DuPont also is. I know part they make of, good carpet. <laughs> uh, Fox, what is it called? Fox Farm Catcher. Uh, Fox Catcher. Fox I was Catcher. right. Oh, you yeah. were right. right. <laughs> You are. I was, I was trying to throw it out there. You said the name. And I was you were so right. You talking about? I was trying to remember what it was. So, yes. Fox Catcher is a movie that is based on one of the Duponts. Okay. Who yeah. killed, you know, uh, one of somebody Mark on Ruffalo. his wrestling. Ref- <laughs> yes. <laughs> they killed Mark the wrestling Ruffalo. team. The documentary is better than the movie. The mm. documentary is so amazing. I love oh, Docs. Really I love Docs, and that's a good one. If, if I think I believe it's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. The, it is a good one about the DuPont family that how basically they had so much money that, you know, your job in the family could just be giving money to charity. Like that would be my job is to be like, yeah, how much money can I give to charity? Okay, cool. I'm going to pick this charity, this charity, this charity. They just have so much money. Jesus. Um, so or if you're house, into wrestling, you could uh, just hire a whole bunch of guys that are good wrestlers to come to your place and wrestle with you and uh, pretend to, that you're going to win and do weird shit and then murder them. And then or murder them. That. Or you could do that. So, Foxcatcher is based on a true story. Go watch that one. The DuPonts are fucking nuts. But uh, that family did own that house at one point that we do see as the main house. uh... Oh, so that was the the house in the movie was their house. It actually was the DuPonts' home Mm. at one point. Wow. At one point. Wow. Maryland Maryland does uh, football and crack cakes. (laughs) (laughs) And murder, apparently. And murder. And murder. Yeah. So, uh, all right, before we move on you. from Vince Vaughn, what is your favorite Vince Vaughn line in this movie? Ooh. You motorboater? You motorboater, mm-hmm. son of a bitch. <laughs> What'd you do with him? Motorboat? You play the motorboat? <laughs> you motorboating son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. I do have a Vince Vaughn Can you do what he here. does, though? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Are they built for comfort or are they built for speed? <laughs> Might have been for comfort. I don't know. Uh, Vince Vaughn in real life, mm-hmm. he did keep. Oh, that's right. That painting. Yeah, that he Todd did. Yes, him. the painting was He's a like, gift, I'm Todd. I'm taking it with me. Jeremy tried to seduce me. You did. I want my painting back. The painting was a gift, Todd. I'm taking it with me. I want my painting back. No. Yeah, I get it back. You know what's crazy? Like before I did this podcast with you guys, I was like, they know their shit about movies, and I haven't seen this film in a long time. And I love learning about movies, and I was looking it up, and I was seeing all this like trivia that you're bringing up now. But I already knew this like when the movie came out because I'm such an IMDb freak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all came back to me. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that he owns that painting stuff. Like literally, I'm doing for everyone what I've been doing for myself for many years yeah uh i'm just going into deeper depth than it but if i'm into an actor or a movie i do read a bunch of stuff about them that's just kind of how i've always been um and i just want to share this with everybody that's why i wanted to do the show so it's cool 
I got to go to the deep, it's, it's, deep interwebs in order to find fun facts and stuff that Zenobia hasn't already found. I'll be, I'll be in there. I'll be. I'll contact my uh, guy in Bangladesh once in a while, and he's like, "No, <laughs> she already knows that one." She knows that one. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but Vince Vaughn does a great job. I love him. I want to see more of him. Uh, I would like to see more comedy. Mm. Not that I don't like his dramas. He is doing a good job on the dramas. But I just look forward to his fast talking. I love uh, his rants. Calming stuff. Yeah. Kiss him on the lips. So don't kiss him at all. It's very difficult trying to read the situation. And all the while, you're just really wondering, are we going to get hopped up enough to make some bad decisions? And perhaps play a little game called Just the Tip. Just for a second. Just to see how it feels. Or, ouch, ouch, you're on my hair. So him and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, him right. and Owen Wilson... Uh, they improv the lock it up. Oh, you lock it up. Yeah, they did. Lock well, it up. You lock it up. That's improv. That's there's something that you don't know that I forgot to mention. Uh, they rehearsed before this movie for about three or four weeks playing ping pong. So they were oh. improving with each other while they were playing ping pong back and forth. That Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. I like that. Ooh, that makes girl. a lot of sense because you have to be, you have to be creating dialogue while thinking of something. It's fast talking. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. That's kind of it makes sense. That's a good. Uh, I'm gonna that use, was a good fun fact. I didn't know that one. Use well, Thank you. Jason fades back. Got yep. it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want to talk about our hero or our heroine of the movie? Uh, we could talk about the heroine because we've already talked about her. Oh, that's right. In Mean Girls. What else? Oh. Okay. Okay. That. And I was thinking of what's the Christmas one we did with her? Oh yeah, the the Family Stone. Family Stone. So we do have already talked about her. Yeah, uh, Miss Rachel McAdams. Rachel yeah. McAdams. Just Beautiful a personal woman. thing. I think her in this movie is where I see her like most attractive. I don't know why, but as a brunette, I think she looks absolutely gorgeous. This I like her better than brunette. Yeah. This is a movie I felt I didn't know who the hell. She, well, I saw. Uh, what was that notebook? That I've seen the notebook like, before this. Yeah, I was like, okay, it was, it's a good love story. I just didn't really think of her. But like something about the scene in Wedding Crashers where they're playing football. Uh-huh. And she's she's like, she has a smile like, I don't, like, I'm not going to get you. And I was just like, I love this girl. Yeah, she has this <laughs> like something about that personality scene. to her. Cause she was like movie. being a dude. She was being like another guy. She's just like, I'm just playing around, but she was cute. And she had a, her smile. And I was just like, okay, I'm a little rich. Man. You know what else I think it is though? I think one, they chose this dark, uh, Brown for her hair to contrast with her skin tone as well as her eyes. And I think they bumped up the saturation on her shots. Maybe just to increase that contrast a little bit more. Because her I mean, eyes absolutely her smile, sparkle in this movie. Her smile is what got me in that scene. Yeah. Her smile is what, and it kind of reminded me of the time, my, my love of my whole life. The love of my life. The love. Your wife? The love of my life. Not my wife, but. Sriracha. She knows. She knows. Eva. The love of my life. I was the same age. Was uh, Natalie Portman. In this film called Beautiful Girls. If you've ever seen it. We were the same age. She was like 13. I was 13. I saw this film. I was 13. And she was 13. And she was seducing like a fucking 25-year-old dude, which was weird. Oh but I'm God. 13. And I'm watching her. And I'm like, you are my girlfriend. I want you to be my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> You are my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, she had this smile. It's her smile, man. That's her personality. It is. Smile. 
that just grab it grabs me. It's like you see all the beauty. You're like, oh, this is somebody I could talk to. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a pretty face. This is somebody I can actually have fun and talk to. I feel you because I do like Rachel. I think that it took me a long time to like her because she blew up with the notebook and everybody. She, she had like, like a string of uh, movies back to back. I didn't like notebook. her in the notebook. I hated her. I, didn't the li- I did not I like her. her in the notebook. I didn't like I, her at all in the notebook. I loved her in Mean Girls. That's probably my first thing where I was like, I love this bitch. Mm-hmm. And those um, came out the same her. year. They did. Uh, Family Stone, like we already previously talked about. I do like that as a Christmas movie. She plays the bratty sister that probably reflects more of me out of all the, the siblings than anybody else. I love her. Um, but like you said, I love her with warmer, darker hair. I don't really like her as a blonde. I think she did a great job in this. And one thing that I did, I did learn two things that I did not know about her. Mm. Um, a song to help her cry that she listens to anytime that she's on set and she has to cry mm-hmm. is Fleetwood Mac's Landslide, which is one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs. So I can understand because it is an emotional song, but uh, Owen Wilson said that she would play that song before doing the scenes, emotional scenes, and just would bust out crying. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like, are, are you okay? Um, so I did like that about her. Mm-hmm. I also found out that because she did this movie, she went out and got a certificate in sailing for this movie. Yeah. So this woman can sail, she can handle a 26-foot boat by herself because she got her certificate, she learned all of the sailing jargon that a wow. rich, you know, socialite would know, I guess. Sailor. And Good man. Take a sailor. seat. Yeah. They both like sailing and the color green like his eyes and money. <laughs> like her speech is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, she doesn't get to be uh, funny in this one. You know, she's funny, just no. the object of Owen Wilson's affection not yeah. just, but uh, she is the um, she's the character that doesn't get any of the punchlines. She's a catalyst. Yeah, she's the so character like, that you think of um, brings somebody to another road level. trip, and uh, the character that actually is on the road trip for a reason. He's the one that doesn't get to be funny. You know, Sean William Scott yeah. gets all the punchlines. That's yeah. honestly that's honestly the one thing I have against this film. What's that? They don't make her funny. They just make yeah. her an object. Yeah. Well, they, but she I, has they, a sense of humor. Like every, I, I she likes they, the jokes that are being told. I don't think they make her an object. I think that they didn't flesh out her character enough. Mm-hmm. I think I think if they flesh out her character a little bit more and his character a little bit more, instead of just all the jokes, it would have been like a. I think it would have been a more re- well received film. But sure. the jokes are so good. Yeah. That actually was a strong film. There is one moment where she is absolutely hilarious. And it's because she's laughing when they're doing, <laughs> when they're doing their fucking vows and everything yeah. is in nautical terms. You be my first mate. She's dying. Like, <laughs> she's like hiding behind her flowers. Well, that's, but that's because crazy, everything they're saying is sexual. So to be my first mate through sickness and health, clear skies and squalls. <laughs> Sorry, I have a tickle in my throat. But that's a perfect example of like, honestly, I feel like it becomes a little bit of lazy writing is, is that she, the, the first time you're introduced to her, she's got a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you already know that Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn are funny, right? That's they're, they're the whole movie. 
but you see that first scene and she's got a sense of humor mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like oh she just i'm a girl i don't know what i'm doing i'm just a girl and i'm trapped between and there's no sense of humor anymore yeah and and it's like that you fall over there from that first moment and then you follow her but it's like she has no character development you don't see yeah, she's trapped she's, in this like corner where like yeah. the men in, in her fact, lives are making her decisions. Of, at the end of the film is the only time you see it again where she's like, now I'm free. Let's fucking do some crazy shit. You're like, oh, now she's back to the girl I saw at the beginning that was laughing at the but the whole thing in between was like, I'm married, I'm gonna get I'm engaged and I don't know how I feel and I'm being dramatic and da, da, da. Yeah. it was like I wish I saw more of like her humor that I caught from the beginning. So my, uh, the film that I directed that was supposed to, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We need to yeah. talk about that. No, but, uh, we talk about it now or we can talk about it now yeah, yeah. before. Yeah. No, we don't have to wait till saying, the end. I was just saying she, so she's, um, you know, I, I, she's my friend and I picked her, like I, I wrote the script for her mm -hmm. and she did this film. And one of the things that she came to me when we were filming is she told me, she goes, thank you for giving me this lead role. Um, because no one else would give me this lead role. And I said, I said, why? And she's like, oh, because I'm overweight and, mm -hmm. and no girl would ever, like no one would get a lead role in my weight category. And I went, that's exactly why I cast I you. Yeah. And that's good. Because Show I people don't who look buy like this bullshit. People. You know why though? It's because there's too many left brain people running this show mm -hmm. that know nothing about, they know, they know numbers. You know, they know yeah. like they know the what's popular. reliable. Yeah. And they don't know what's like, you know, that's why yeah. in the independent the studios really are run by accountants, not by independence. Really important. Hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on. Uh oh. Independent film is really important, man. Like you, you making your, uh, your features like that's really important. Yeah. You, people taking their, um, it's their the only way to get real contracts. stories out nowadays. Yeah. I can predict nearly every movie that comes out within the first 10 minutes of watching the movie. Yeah. And, and I don't want to, I don't want to be right. I want to be surprised. And it's very rare that I'm surprised by an outcome or a plot twist. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you, well, or it's, you know, you go in or the trailer or something like they, the way that, you know, I, dude, I've learned this so many times. Like if you get other people involved and it's very, like, if you know how the people that are backing you and like see your vision, mm -hmm. even though if your vision is not going to be perfect, it's not going to be exactly what you think it is. It's going to be never probably most of the time better if you really are open-minded, mm -hmm. but you get people that'll just say, Oh, that's not going to sell. Yeah. I don't need to hear that. Yeah. That's why I don't want to bring on producers and money men to my project because they think that because they have a vested interest that they have a creative mind and it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have, to make, you have to make the movie the way that you want to make it. And then when it's done, then you see if people want to buy it, mm -hmm. you know, but like, if you do like a studio system, you know, we were talking about earlier, it's like, it's very easy to get caught up in like, um, uh, like if you have enough money, like wedding crashers had enough money, you can have a really good actress in a role. That's very, trust me, I guarantee you, Rachel McAdams was not like stoked about doing that role. She was stoked about about doing the notebook role because that sure. was actually a real role. Like, yeah. And with Wedding Crashers, it was like I kind of have to be a little bit of the backdrop, mm -hmm. but she brought her own thing to it. But she, I'm sure she wasn't like, "This is really challenging for me." No, like, I'm gonna, I can't wait to do this role. She was waiting to do the role because it was gonna put her name in the forefront, show her abilities, and she took that. Yeah, she did a great job for that. I've seen so many films 
where that role could have just been like bland and she took it and she killed it because i remember her after that Mm -hmm. this film not only that i would have signed on what's i would have signed on as soon as i saw christopher walking on the 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 list i'd be like okay well then yeah this is we're really doing something here let me let me uh get in he's gonna play my dad okay hey girl (laughs) um there is a scene that the scene when they're at the engagement party where her and Christopher Walken are dancing together. <laughs> um, and she's like giggling and smiling. They had to do that take quite a few times. So Christopher Walken would make fart noises to keep her entertained and laughing so that it'd be more of a genuine laugh when she's doing that scene. So, I mean, that's why I would do it just so I can have a moment. Just so they're walking, like you put that. fart noises in your ear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love farts. I love him. That's, I'm done. <laughs> All right. But can, so, can, I, can I show Zenobi? Can I show you something real quick? Because yeah. this, I'm not kidding. This is a fart machine. <laughs> as, a, as a director, I use this because I have many times. Because I, I, I don't just shoot like music videos. You'd be surprised like how many people that you think are like super like they might be into themselves, but they're so when they get on camera, they freeze. Yep, they freeze. They don't know what to do. It so, takes a while for you to get used to being in front of a camera. I get you that. I get you. Yeah. That. So they get so they get very like vulnerable and and at times like as a director I'm behind the camera and I'm I, I'm telling them what to do and sometimes they I'm intimidating. So I bust this out this fart machine. Mm-hmm. And right before they're about, like they're just about to say I'm like all right ready. Before I say action I go action and I go action <laughs> and their face lights up man. Their face <laughs> Who doesn't like a fart? Smashly loves farts. They yes, get so does. they get so excited. Smashly loves farts. And they do the scene. <laughs> you know where I got it from? When I first moved to LA, when I was trying to be an actor, I got this photographer to do my headshots. And he took me and he, and I was fucking nervous. I didn't know I was not from LA. And he was taking these shots and all of a sudden he just goes, he takes the camera and he just goes down. He goes, Hey, what's your favorite cuss word? And I'm like, my favorite cuss word? He's like, Yeah. You should say it out loud. What's your favorite cut? Just say it out loud. And I say, fuck. And I, and he starts, da, 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 starts taking shots. And he goes, you, people light up when they say like something they're not supposed to say. They say, fuck. I was like, <laughs> I like, I had this boy and he caught, and he caught it. He's like, pop, pop, uh-huh. caught that moment. And I, and I always knew from then on, I was like, anybody that's nervous, I'm going to do a fart noise. I got this fart machine just for clients, for people that are nervous. Mm-hmm. I, I, Art and they go. Oh, I love it. There's not. You're not cool. I'm not cool. We're human. We both shit. We fart. <laughs> it's all good. Let's have fun. Fuck it. I, I'm down. I think that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I think that I love it. I love it. All right, we're approaching four hours, so I'm gonna say the squeeze fart. <laughs> that's a squeeze. <laughs> that's it. You wanna hear a quick fart? Here's a quick fart. You want a quick fart? Real quick. Just real quick. Just. Okay. okay are we gonna move on to owen wilson so we get this done yes (laughs) let's move on to owen wilson our lead in this technically uh the man of the hour we're almost there you guys i'm gonna have to trim this down i don't know where but i'm sorry i'm sorry man nobody's gonna (laughs) listen to us for four hours is it my fault i'm bad i'm sorry it's i'm having actually a lot of fun no don't get me wrong it's great it's the uh, social distancing is the problem we've learned uh, yeah. in this last it month. Is the, 
all of our episodes have been uh, extra long because of social distancing. Okay. Because we're all excited to talk to another human being. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Owen Wilson, the crooked-ass-nosed motherfucker who is the lead of this movie. Mm -hmm. Tell me something about this guy. Uh, He's got some great projects coming out now. Um, We talked about him before, didn't we? No. In, like, Boogie Nights or something? No. Okay. Owen Wilson was in Boogie Nights? He was not in Boogie Nights. (laughs) But he is uh, good friends... With, is it Wes Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson? I Paul always Thomas. forget. Paul that. Thomas Anderson. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. That's why we talked about him. PT. In Boogie Nights. Okay. Is so. because he uh, was friends. Him and his brother were friends with Paul Thomas Anderson, and they were in his very first movie, his like uh, thesis film or something like that. Him and his brother be making movies that Luke. we've all loved and talk about. Feel like when we do meet the parents, we'll definitely talk about Owen Wilson again. Oh yeah, I do. I do love him in those movies. <laughs> That's probably my first memory of him is Meet the Parents. Uh, Mine is Cable Guy. And Cable Guy. That's first time right. I ever but, saw Owen Wilson was in Cable Guy. Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Okay, let's go with uh, Owen Wilson improved the line. You know how they say we only use ten percent of our brains. Mm-hmm. I think that we only use ten percent of our heart. That's an Owen Wilson original, so you can uh, take that one. Uh, he, I don't know how he broke his nose, but he should never change it because we won't know who the motherfucker is. Yeah. Oh, so I was wrong. It is Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. So Wes Anderson the- it w- grew up with um, the Wilson brothers, and yeah. that's where they did their first short. So it was Bottle Rocket. I mean, it makes, it makes so sense. So that is Wes Anderson's uh, project. Which- which he created with the Owen Wilson brothers. Which was a, was a really great scene in, in Bottle Rocket where uh, Owen Wilson is wearing like a ridiculously banana yellow covered um, jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. And his brother, who's actually in a lot of his films, he's like kind of like a bully. He rolls up in a car and he talks, talks shit about his, his outfit and he drives off. And Luke Wilson is like his like protective brother. And he's just like, fuck that guy. Look what he's wearing. And Owen Wilson's on the spike and he just goes, bling, bling. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, like, I love Wes Anderson. That makes sense. Why they're in, like, Royal Tannenbaums. It's all that stuff with him all that the a, time. That was the first movie. The first uh, Wes Anderson film he did. Mm-hmm. Royal Tannenbaum. Oh, Bottle Rocket. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can understand them being in there. They're great movies. He's a great guy. You ready for a fun fact that I got on him? Sure. So, um... In this movie, in the beginning scenes where they're at the Italian wedding and Owen Wilson is sitting at the table telling a captivating story to everybody with a joke. And then everyone said, Jabroni. (laughs) (laughs) There is a gentleman who is sitting to his left Mm -hmm. who, if you look at him, you will say like, you know who he looks like? An old Owen Wilson. And that's because that, that's his uncle oh. sitting next to him, chilling, uh, <laughs> laughing in the scene. So uh, his uncle got to be an extra in the Wedding Crusher. And he has a nice, like, if you look at him, you'd be like, God, he does look like his, like, he does look like he could be his dad or his okay. uncle. It's a, How many Wilsons stuff. are there, man? There's a lot of Wilsons. Well, I only know those two. And then I guess the uncle now. 
I know a couple Wilsons. <laughs> really? There's, there's Mr. Owen, Wilson? There's Mr. Owen, Owen, Wilson. There's Owen, there's Luke Wilson, and the older brother. You ever see Zoolander? I think that, yeah, there's three of them. He's in like all those films. He's like, yeah. uh, you ever see, okay. Uh, Royal Tannenbaums, you ever see Royal Tannenbaums? Mm-mm. Yep. What? I'm sorry. Where she gets yeah, her... If she gets her uh, pinky uh, cut off, it's like, Oof. put your hand up there. And he's like the guy with the beard. And it's that's that's the older Wilson. There's three brothers. Mm-hmm. I can tell me there's an uncle. Like, how many Wilsons are like in films? And now, I don't know if the uncle They're trying is to be like actor. the Baldwin brothers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if the, the uncle is an actor or they just needed. I think he just he was hanging out and they needed. He was hanging extras. out. He's like, oh, put a tuck on, tux mm-hmm. on and come sit over here. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's his, oh. I always enjoy seeing him. I like him in this. I like him in uh, Armageddon. Plays uh, Oscar. He's like the only one that's like super psyched to go to uh, outer space. Yeah. Um, he was actually, he was actually the best. Personally, I think he was the best part of uh, that haunted, uh, the haunted house movie. Which uh, one was that? Hospital Hill. House on Haunted Hill. Was that what? Was that what it was? I think that was. I didn't see that one. He uh, with uh, Zeta Jones was in it. Catherine Zeta Jones um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Taken guy. Oh. Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Taken was in guy. It. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you if you take my dog. I, I don't remember the. I don't know. <laughs> um, he uh, yeah no they did uh, that that it was like a haunted the house on hunts. I fucking forgot it was in the nineties. It was like a, a a scary movie and you don't know. We both love horror films. I do. That's I went, I went and saw in the theater movie. and he was like the comedic. Uh, he was the comedy guy in the movie, even though it wasn't that funny. But he was the best oh, the part of the haunting. movie. The Haunting of Hill House, was it? No. It's just called The Haunting. Oh, just The Haunting, yeah. He was like the comedic uh, uh, of the film, and he wasn't even that funny, but just because he was like, Armwald Wilson, ha ha, I just don't give a shit. He was yeah. kind of funny. He was like the hot douchebag. Yeah, yeah, he was funny. Uh, yeah. He does a great job. He does good things in movies. Um... I love him, and we'll talk about him again, I guess. Yeah. Well, he's doing some more stuff right now, uh, one of them being Shanghai Dawn. So him and Jackie Chan are pairing up one last time to do uh, to final up the trilogy. You got to see Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. It's hilarious. They're doing a third? They're doing Shanghai Dawn. I didn't know there was a night. I just thought there was a noon. No, No, there's a night. night. I didn't know that till today. I don't know. Uh-huh. And, and also, when they're super old. It's going to be Shanghai midday nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shanghai brunch. Like, I'll watch that one. Brunch is my favorite. And um, he is also entering into the MCU. He is going to be in the new series Loki. Don't know oh. what he's playing in that, but that's the trailer that I watched earlier, uh, where he says, "Wow, wow." Is right. he's going to so be he's in gonna uh, be Loki. part of Thor? So he's part of Thor's universe. Yes. Well, he's part of Loki's. So yeah. That's Thor. Yeah, I don't know if Chris Hemsworth will make an appearance or not. I doubt it. He better. That's I don't think so. Thor. I think this is a series. I think it's going to be all the other people. Oh, it's a TV show. Oh, yeah, right. it's a TV show. Bradley Cooper better show up because you can still do that. He doesn't have to like like if Chris Hemsworth showed up, it means he has to continue working out and being massive Thor. And that takes a lot of work. So I don't think he would do that for a little cameo on a He could be fat Thor. That's the thing that you don't have to do anything. (laughs) This is true. Okay. If he shows up, it'll be fat Thor. I love that Thor. I'm ready for a whole fat Thor movie. Like, please bring me that. 
I think it's hilarious. Um, I don't have any more Owen Wilson fun facts. Well, what's your favorite line of Owen Wilson's? This is John. <sighs> Whatever. Wow. Am I allowed to go to the bathroom and then come back real quick? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Matter of fact, we're going to cut this because I got to go too. Really bad. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Say, hey, you will say it right now, baby. Come, come on, on now. Say you will. Say that you love me. Say that you <laughs> you want to please me. Come on now. No, I still remember. When you do that, your titties are covering up half the screen. Well, I was I was just gonna say to you guys that we were talking about like the saddest songs ever, ever was a uh, Mad World from oh, Donnie Darko. That's a good one. Mm. That makes me cry, man. That's okay, so are we out? Close yeah. to it. Before we're out, I have one last thing that I forgot to mention that I uh, really want to because I'm actually very proud of her for doing this. Uh, Isla Fisher. They wanted her to do five nude scenes in this movie. Yep. And she talked their asses down to one, being an unknown actress and telling them, no, I'm not going to do that, takes a whole lot of self-respect and guts, being that this may be your big opportunity to break in as a famous actress. And And she did so. And she said, nope, I'm only doing one. And she had a butt double. (laughs) And she had a butt double, so that's not even her boot. That's not her butt in the movie. Wait, what happened? Isla <gasps> Fisher. They try to get her to do like a bunch of nude scenes. They wanted her to do five nude scenes in this movie. Why? To sell Cause sex because she's it's gorgeous. Because you men are horny ass bastards, and you'll Why pay you say it like that. But th- this is like this was in th- this came out when two thousand what five five. This ain't fucking the eighties. Now you got to keep in mind these are also Listen, these are the producers. I like, I like boobs. Okay, I'm a man. I like boobs. We're not saying that, but like a lead actress, like you have to show your boobs to be in the film. That's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. So, I don't mind. What I forgot to mention is that these producers yeah. are the same Thanks producers so. that produce Van Wilder and uh, a number of these uh, raunchy comedies. Titty movie. So it was all just like from the the male perspective, basically. Yeah. We have exactly. to show boobs. It's like it's the um, uh, uh, Corky's mentality. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Which so, is like yeah. was cool when I was like a kid, wanted to know about sexuality, but like nowadays it seems kind of stupid. Like it seems kind of like you're I you're feel, wasting a lot of potential of like a really good film. I uh-huh. feel like if you're gonna have, you know, titty shots and female ass shots. Then you better throw in some dick shots, some like dick shots, forgetting, yeah. like forgetting Sarah Marshall. They're funny. Love you it. Don't expect yeah. them, and they they uh, sexualize men, which is something we don't get to see a lot of. They're usually the fat guys who get the hot chick. Uh, and I wouldn't mind seeing more flaccid dicks on screen. I guess it's great, actually. Uh, <laughs> um, so my, the film that I made, mm-hmm. I made it after I watched this uh, South by Southwest keynote from this director called Mark Duplass who does like all of these like I met Mark really, Duplass. Yeah, he's like a lot of independent films mm-hmm. like he's very and one of the things that he did uh recently is that he made a pact he's like 
every time I show females breasts or vagina, I have to show equally a man's dick. There you go. So if you see any of his stuff, you will see in the same episode a, a female naked and a man's like a dick. He's like, it's only fair. And it doesn't have to. Fair. Is it necessarily in the same scene? Not necessarily, but he, but he, he evens out to the whole whatever season he's making. He's like, if I show, I like that. If I show two girls showing their breasts in two episodes, mm-hmm. I have to show two dudes showing their dick in two episodes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I think that's kind of it's kind of cool. I like it's it. Like, it's like, man, I'm a dude. I see my dick every day. I'm okay with seeing another dude's dick. It's it's, it's fine. It's yeah. we're human. Like we used to not wear clothes. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Yep. In my well, opinion, I think that when you throw nudity in there for the sake of throwing nudity because you think it's going to sell tickets it takes away from the story which also totally. takes away from the tickets no but you, but you could be but you also can have those sex like those sexual scenes yeah and you can make it mutual you can show mm-hmm. you know i mean not saying like porn but like it doesn't have to be just showing like the female all the time i feel like most films when i grew up in the 80s it was like had to show the female also. it always like, showed see- the female body yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's like you could they do, do that so many things you so many things to show a sexual scene and I have to d- be like catering to like one side of the alley. You mm-hmm. can, you know, it's sex, hey, man. Robin, we need to hang out more, movie. man. Sex yeah. is not, sex is not like in the movies, man. It's no. fucking hilarious. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous. You I'm just saying, like you're right because in this movie, there was tons of titties for no reason. There no was no reason. reason, no rhyme, no reason to it. The bitches could add Brawls on, you could throw them on the bed. You didn't exactly. have to have. But I will say this. I will say this as the director. I I will say this. I do. You're right. I don't think you need to show uh, the breast, but I really don't care. About, I think I think guys and girls like I'm kind of like free the nipple kind of. But anyways, I think the the shot where they're at the wedding and they mm-hmm. grab the girl and they throw her and then she lands on the bed for the storyline. That transition, like that shot, was actually yeah. fucking brilliant. That's it great. Was. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. She didn't need to have a, a bra or have it on or not or whatever. I'm just saying that shot of like grabbing somebody at the wedding and the capturing door. the movement as See, the camera because, is panning to the right and then well, panning like into that. that next room is really really great. But I also think that it also in the film. I think that it also whether the guy intended this or not, but it really kind of shows in the film that what they were doing was. They were kind of objectifying women where it's just like, you're beneath me. Fucking throw you down. Here, you're here. You know what I mean? And in that scene where Owen Wilson's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think that was that was when you connected with him where you're like, I, the realization that he's like, this is Yeah, that's what makes you root for him. Is like, okay, maybe he does have a heart. He want. has a conscience. Yeah, this isn't what I want. I don't want this. You know, he was looking Which is for why you're okay with him stealing Rachel McAdams they, from Bradley Cooper. But then they fucked up because the girl that he wanted, they made her fucking two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. I think that throwing the girls on the bed is uh, labeling them as a quan- uh, conquest. It's like, okay, they accomplished this goal. They accomplished this goal and another and another. And they're just stacking them on top of each other. And no, it's but, but very superficial. Time, but, in that, but in that scene... You know, she wasn't stupid. She was just like, do you bullshit half the time or most of the time? And he's like, I don't know anymore. She's like, fuck you. And she left the room. Mm-hmm. It made her look like she was the catalyst of like him realizing like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, it's time for a change. So that's the only time that you kind of went, oh, I, I'll follow him. Because if they didn't have that scene, you'd be like, fuck this guy. You know, and, yeah. and Vince Vaughn didn't have that scene. No. 
Vince Vaughn is okay with carrying on business as usual. He's the comedic, and then he has a whole character arc that he goes through. But only, but you only see it at the end of the film Mm -hmm. where because she's so crazier than he is, Mm -hmm. and she and so beyond what you know. It took a challenge like Isla Fisher to get Vince Vaughn's character to grow the fuck up and want to become a married man. She was crazier than him mm-hmm. and made him love her. Yeah. So that would be the sequel is like, like you're right. Like, like she becomes so crazy or something like something has to do with that dynamic. Mm-hmm. And then with like Owen Wilson and, and uh, Rachel Maddow's character, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be so boring. It could be so boring. Yeah. Could be like, it might, you might have to scrap it and have to be like someone else. Like I like your whole like they the, could talk about him as like, way off in the distance and their happy life or whatever. I think that I have a talent for writing scripts for part twos. Maybe that should be my like new focus because I feel like I can always come you up with start pitching shit. Yeah, I'm gonna pitch a shit on that. I don't know why you don't do it. Just write, write it, and send it well, in. Like I never thought that I was good at it until this show. This show helped me feel like, oh, you, you write you. You do know what you're talking about, and you do know what you're doing. Uh, sometimes you just need that pat on the shoulder to get you motivated to do something like right, that. I'm gonna shove you. I'm gonna shove you. Do it. I, w- I want to see this. Write the script. I'm gonna write the script. Okay, Dude. I got one more fun fact, and then I'm done. And your girl's about to get out of here because I gotta go to bed. I gotta work tomorrow. We gotta okay. cover a couple of things first, but okay. Okay. Last fun fact: Will Ferrell was initially asked to play the role of John. So that's Owen Wilson's role. Mm-hmm. But he turned it down because he wanted to do a smaller part, which I think was a great idea because the part that he did do was perfect for him. For him. The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! What is she doing? I never know what she's doing back there. We got to hang out. As soon as this corona thing is over, attention. we got to hang out. Before this corona thing, I was already paying attention. Yeah. I love film and I love filmmakers and I love people that I love the art form. I love like what we're doing tonight. I'm this has been some of the best night of my life. Honestly. <laughs> I love your cor- coronavirus life. Yeah. My coronavirus. But I mean, I'm having a great time. You making a film, uh-huh. you like the shit that you've done to it and like you've, you've added all these things, like your, your, your storyboards, like all the work that you've done. Trust me. I look at that and I go, this motherfucker gets it. Yeah, he knows what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're hardcore. You're going for it. Dude, I want to help you, man. Yeah. I, I want you to. I want that's why I'm saying whatever I can out. do to help I wanna you. I want to pick your brain. I want to share a beer with you. I want to just talk about filmmaking with you. Whatever you know what I, I mean? can do, whatever I can help you to make your make your film and, and the film that you want, I'm happy. But here's the thing. Even if you made that film and it was like this amazing film that nobody saw. Guess what? You still did it. Yeah. You still made an amazing film that who cares if nobody saw it? It's still an amazing film. They just never saw it. Yeah. So that's like when you were saying like, even if I make my money back, uh, I was thinking to myself, holy shit, that's exactly my goal. I don't care if this movie makes money. I just care that it gets out. And if it breaks even, that's a win. Because then is when people will say, okay, Jason can fucking act. Jason can fucking make a movie. He can write 
Let's see. And he did this for how much money? Okay, let's see if he can make something for this much money. What he can do with it? What kind of profit? Let's give him Jason, an actual Jason, crew. You might, you, know? you might, you might actually find out after this that when you make this movie, you're gonna actually like I did. That you love, fuck the acting. I don't know if I'll ever say know. no to it, you're, but you're gonna, I know no, that no, I no. am a director to the I'm not saying now, Jason. So. I'm not saying fuck the acting, but I'm saying you might find that you enjoy the other side of it. You you might be surprised because that's what I it happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like I love acting. I love fucking acting. I love playing characters. I wish we all could like. I'm just thinking right now as a director. I'm like, we could all just fucking make an amazing film. Like you could, I could thinking about the characters we could play. We could, yep. it's crazy. But I love acting. But at the same time, I love making the story. So you might find out that the story you made you enjoy more than just acting. Not saying you're not going to mm-hmm. act, but you might find a little joy into being okay with letting that go and giving someone else that role. Like, here's my question. If you make this film, uh-huh. and I'm actually I downloaded it because I actually found out you did send it to me, and I'm going to read it. Let me send you a revised copy because that's probably an old copy. Yeah, send it to me. But if you got to the point where, say, there was some funding behind it and – Someone said, we want this film made, but, and we want you to direct it. You wrote it, we want you to, you wrote it, we want you to direct it, but the lead role we want to give to fucking Jake Gyllenhaal or whatever, would you do it? I would say no, because he can't do it. Okay. I would say that he's more of a Sylvester Stallone type of dude where it's like, this is my script. I wrote this for me. I, this, he's the only person he sees for this role. If so I know somebody they, can but, do but it better than me, have- but see that, see that's the question because I'm right right now. I said so I made that film mm-hmm. on my with my own money and I just shot it and said fucking nobody's gonna tell me anything. The yeah. second script that I'm writing right now is very personal to me. Mm-hmm. It's very you personal. Can't sell it. But yeah, I he's gonna be like a Rocky. That's what I'm yeah. saying. If they ask for it, it, he would say no unless I do it. But I I would sell it. I would sell it on on certain stipulations. Sure. Certain ways that you can get in where it's like, this is going to guarantee, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino did that. Yeah, he sold uh, True Romance. Yep. And and so you can can make deals to get to that level. But Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is this is your first film. Mm -hmm. Are you okay with letting that baby go? There was a time when I was okay. The movie with it. would never have gotten made without you making it, Jason. True, but would that quick payoff be enough to supplement me for my next project? Is the question. No, like, no, don't I'm get me wrong. I've written I'm this. You, I've you, done the work this, and everything. You can you can actually make those stipulations. You can be the executive producer. You could you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want to make sure that the next deal is like in your favor. But you might have to walk away with being not the lead role. Would you be okay with that? In this project, I would be okay with it if it was enough for me to do my next project because the next project is very personal. Then you're smart. You know, you got it. And you, then you're okay. good. That's but it's only if it supplements enough to where I can build a career off of it. Yeah. Because the plan is to build a career off of this movie. If somebody offers me the right amount of money, the right amount of stipulations, the right amount of creative control still where I'm still directing it, but I'm not the lead, I'm okay with that because that funds the pilot for the series that I'm writing. And that also is incredibly personal and I would never 
let anybody take that from me. I'll take it. <laughs> so it all depends. Interesting. You know? All right, boys, I love you guys, but okay, if we don't yeah. wrap this motherfucking show up, I'm about to just leave. <laughs> I would okay? like to congratulate Robin on being hey. our longest episode in podcast history. Is it really? It is. It is. Is that, a bad are, thing? is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, the longest episode before this was Adam's Family, and it was just me and Zenobia, and I had a hell of a time on that one. Well, can I say something something personally? Zenobia, you're fucking the shit. I love you to death. (laughs) I love you. Obviously, I fucking love Jason today. I met him. But, like, I've been watching your shit on, like, Instagram, and I was like, I want to be on the show, and I was like, I'm going to ruin the show. You're not going to ruin it. it. You're doing a great job. Watch watch when I do uh, the edits. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. Unfortunately, not everything gets to stay in because nobody's going to listen to us for four hours and five minutes. That's why I was like, I'm ready to I got to cut it down to like an hour and 45, two hours max, but it's yeah. going to be just the great like yeah. interactions and all the great stuff that pertains to the movie and a little bit more about us and about you. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be great. Uh, Zenobi, I'm so sorry that we kept you up all night. You'll be right. I'm I'm all right. All right. So we have a one one more task to deal with to take care of. One more thing, and let's get this shit done. Your girl needs to go smoke some weed and go to sleep. All right, it's on you. It's on you. So, motherfuckers, (laughs) it's time for Z for the people. Okay. Yes. this thing for the people is the same as it's been for the past couple of weeks. Hey, girls, we're stuck inside right now. People are dying from this pandemic, and we don't know what to do. So donate your money to help uh, find a cure. Donate your money to a food bank in your state or your city because bitches are hungry and bitches are out of work. So mm-hmm. we need to get these people back on their feet because it could be you. It could be me. It could be any of us that are in this situation because nobody saw this at the beginning of the year being a big deal to the point where we're all unemployed and we're all stuck in the house. And I have to spend my motherfucking birthday in my house with my family, something I don't want to do. I'd rather (laughs) go out and party and drinks everywhere else, but I couldn't because motherfuckers had to stay home. So stay home, wash your hands all the goddamn time, Mm -hmm. wash your masks that if you have any masks, go ahead and wash them. Uh, yeah, that's the anything. thing. Wash your masks, people. Anything, anything that can get me out of this goddamn house and to Jason so we could do this live will help because I can't stand it any longer. I'm an Aries and I'm not a person that likes to stay in the house. Never, Wait, never. You're am Aries? I, I am an Aries. What? Yeah, my birthday was yesterday. I thought we talked about this. All my, all my moons are Aries. Oh, there you go. So I all need out moons. of here. Everybody needs out of here. Donate food, donate money, donate your time, um, do whatever uh, that you can do to help out somebody else because we all need help right now. And that is my Z for the feed. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's finish right. the shit. Do you want to do the scene? I don't know. Smash is still there. Oh, wait, we got to do Oh, my God. I forgot about the scene. Smash hey. get your ass. Hey, close. baby, wake up. Wake Zenobia needs up. to go to sleep. <laughs> So I'm come, ready to go. Come do this scene with us. Smash, smash it's not my fault either. Good okay? morning. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> She's been asleep on the couch. No, I haven't. You lie. I've been researching. Uh-huh. She, I was listening. She's fact checking us the whole time. <laughs> I believe it. Okay. All right, let's do this scene.
Are right, you ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> oh, uh, Shelby, this is Candace. Candace, Shelby. It's nice to meet you. How are you doing? I'm so sure. Oh, um, should I just sit anywhere? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you, Julian. No, thank you. Uh, what's up with this Pop-Tart? Shelby, it's over. I am not the man for you, and you are clearly not the woman for me, so let's just stop fooling ourselves. I hope you find what you're looking for, because that's exactly what I intend to do. I have to go. Bye, Shelby. Don't you think you ought to pick that up? What? Your bottom jaw. <laughs> Hi, Shelby. Oh, yeah, go to hell. <laughs> I love Shelby, so that's fine. Dude, she's, she's hilarious. <laughs> Shelby who? <laughs> Shelby's crazy. All right, you guys, that is our scene for next week. Uh, yes. If you uh, love movies uh, like we do, you know exactly what movie that is. We yep. thank you for sticking with us in this very thank long, very you. entertaining episode. Robin, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. He's going to come back when uh, his movie comes out and is available to the world, and we're going to reintroduce it so y'all can come out and see it and download it and all that good stuff. So expect him whenever this pandemic lets up. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back on our show because I would like to physically meet you. Uh, yeah, so we can so I can make you a drink. All right, you guys, we're out. We thank you. We appreciate you. We will see you next week on Lights, Camera, Cocktails. Lights, camera, cocktails.